Yeah, that's a mic pointed at you by me. We don't know each other. I've seen your likes. I've seen your listen count. I know what you are. I know we got a particular show in common. Yeah, you could go for that X. Listen, that's me holstering my terrible accent. But you gotta know that my accents are better than yours on my worst day. So you could go for that X. I'll even let you pause. I won't force a man to listen when he's not paying attention. I will attempt to make you laugh, but I know better than most there's no guarantees that you're gonna laugh with me or laugh with me at my own expense. Or... You can keep playing this podcast, subscribe, leave one simple like, and you'll surely love it. Make a choice. Wait, well, hold on a sec. Well, golly, if it isn't the pinky to my swear, <laughs> the key to my exit strategy, and the itch in this here little trigger finger, it's Carol. <sighs> they keep getting better and better, the intros, but that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I was just so inspired by John Dory for the last two episodes, by the way. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even when he captures somebody, it's like he has to give a little dissertation. <laughs> At least oh, once per episode. <laughs> once per episode. So they know what their options are. You could do this. You could do that. Or you could just mosey on. That's fine. You can go. Mm-hmm. There's no. I'm, I got my trigger finger on you. <sighs> Gosh. I knew when he handed those guns to Morgan, I was like, this isn't good. Keep those guns on you. Keep those on you. Yeah, we want to see the blam blam. <laughs> Which is, it's such, it's such an interesting conundrum, too, if you if you think about it. It, it was asked on Talking Dead as well. Like, mm-hmm. Would you rather him go ape or be the peaceful warrior? <sighs> what was the outcome of that poll? Was oh, it a poll? I, I don't, it should have been. You know, I don't even know if they had one poll yet on Talking you, Dead. I was going to say they haven't lately. They have no, not. They've I'm had not sure on, why. I mean, I remember when the formula used to be drastically different because they weren't even sure if anybody was going to watch. Mm, yeah, I guess well, was it, was it, it Was it called Talking Dead? When, I thought maybe at one point it was called Talking Fear, I think on the first season. Was it? Really? I'm not sure. But now I think they're just putting it under the same banner. They're putting it on, yeah, now they just put it under the same banner to the point that, I mean, if I were to go on my DVR, it's like Talking Dead episode like 21 or something, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. they've lumped it all under the same kind of umbrella. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they try to, to, to go the full formula, but I, I, the good thing that they're doing with Talking Dead for when it comes to Fear of the Walking Dead is they're trying to cram as much in as possible, like in terms of question answer, yeah. really going in on the series, because I think they really want to bring it out. They want to... They want to get people, like, their attention spans. I don't want to make it seem like there's not enough people to do a poll, but yeah. maybe it's just not what people are interested in. I mean, the, the audience is going to be vastly different anyway. So. Right. Yeah. I think that they just kind of figure, you know what, like, well, let's not go there, you know, because they don't necessarily know yet how how big that, that audience is, especially because obviously the first few seasons were, you know, touch and go. So, you know, maybe in future seasons, you know, based on how successful this season's going. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah maybe but there's something to be said about audience participation so maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's the wrong tack you know maybe they should be doing more audience participation maybe they if they feel like they're part of the show maybe mm-hmm. they'll be more inspired to stick with it or get more people involved get really interested in it feel like they're invested yeah in a different way i don't know mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it's works man. whatever works <laughs> i don't know i may just go in and out of this accent all night <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yeah, like i just might i'm honestly terrified <laughs> Oh, John Dory. Yeah. I, I have many thoughts on that last scene. Many thoughts. I, God, we're going to have to go. We're going to. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah let's start from that. Let's the, hey, so remember when he. Got, yeah. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 like, no. We're not going to do that. We have order. And we must we must uphold to that order. Yes. So where would you like to start? Cause I got mm. notes. I got notes all day. You got notes all day. I could jump here. I could jump there. I could jump everywhere. We could start at the start. Boogie. 
Interesting how this episode does again the before and now. Yeah, did, they, did they actually put the words before they and did. now? Oh, they yes, did. They did. Was yeah. that the first episode or did they do that consistently? Because I, I thought they more or less phased in and out uh, they, after the first episode or something. Oh, my they, God, they did it again. <laughs> see, you're <laughs> going to be going in and out oh my all God. night. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, I, when, the, the, when they first started doing that before and now was episode two, I want to say, when it was uh, what um, Another Day in the Diamond. I don't think that they did before and now in the episode where Nick was killed. I don't right. think they did that. Right. So maybe it was just the two episodes. Which I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I don't know if they really need it because to me, it's very clear the way it's shot because like the now is so gray and yeah. washed out. And then the before is like kind of like yellow tint, colorful. So I am very clear on like, okay, this was before and this is now, but I'm fine with it. Well, I think the reason why they may have done it, it's not a really good one, but they only really cut away from present to past once. So it's it's they start in the future. They go into the past for almost the entire episode until the end. Mm-hmm. They could have done that for Laura, but really that all that whole thing was done in the past. Right. And they only brought it to the future at the end to kind of signify a retelling that John Dory was kind of going through his memories of Laura until now. Oh my God, right. I feel like I'm slipping into the accent again. <laughs> to, to Morgan, though. <laughs> it's kind of easy to slide into it. I can see how it would be easy to. Well, I kind of need, I need more practice more with the accent. I feel like I've been slipping. When I was a, when I was a kid, I used to do accents all the time, like cartoon really? characters and stuff like uh, that. I always thought I'd get into that. <laughs> and look where I am now. <laughs> and look, you, you missed your calling. It's something you could have really taken... Shoot. You know, taking it to a whole other level. Shoot. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. You never know. Maybe I'll get my second win. Exactly. Okay, so we got to talk about that first scene. The same scene that I just retold in the intro, except not that at all. You know, because John Dory meets that one vulture in that store. Yes, and we realize they're a vulture because they're basically stripping everything. They're taking fluorescent tubes out. They're even taking off the hardware from the door. I mean, just... <laughs> the hinges, I, yeah. Yeah, like, I just kind of wondered, I mean, gosh, that... Even I, the bell, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And by the way, I, I have to give it to to Michael Satrazimus and, and uh, Adam uh, Sushitsky, uh, I love these little shots, that upward shot of him going and getting the fluorescent lights and then yes. looking down from the perspective of the bell. And I felt mm-hmm. like I was almost in a Breaking Bad episode. Have you ever seen Breaking Bad? <sighs> you will. I, 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 I'm... <laughs> Yeah, it's one it's one of those shows that like I got interested in way after the fact and then I was like I I I'm I, I'm not going to be able to pick this up. It's intense. Yeah, I have to admit. If you and you kind of have to stick it with it no, uh, for the sure. first for the first I think for the first season to be honest. Yeah, you you pretty much do. And I mean, from it, what I've heard. And then once it's like it's a climbing up a roller coaster, but once it goes down, it just it's just a free fall. It's crazy. And you just you won't be able to stop. Uh, I think it was Five, I want to say That's four. That's not that much, actually. Yeah, five. I, 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 mean, I struggle because I, I know some of the seasons were shorter than others. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's pretty intense. So, but what I mean by that is that there, there was a particular way, and even even to the point of the color tones. Uh, in the last season, they had a couple. It, there was, it was basically a flashback season as well. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to see where they picked it up from. <laughs> warm in the past and then colder in the future bluish mm-hmm. gray uh, washed out kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah and and so the specific shots that they used through that throughout entire breaking bad they used a lot of wide shots where appropriate and okay it just kind of painted the scene a lot more bizarrely and and that they do that on a smaller scale here but i think they really focus more on cinematics than anything else and color right. saturation mm-hmm. contrast 
and point of view. So I really, really enjoyed that first scene because of that. Because it tells a little bit of a story. It tells how quirky this guy is and right. what, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and how they all must be, you know, trying to pick yeah. the bones off of these stores. Off everything. Yeah. And and for what purposes? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what, my thing. I was seriously wondering that when I was when I was taking notes last night. I'm like, what is, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what is all that about? It, it's like, it's a twofold question because, number one, yeah, they do that. And what are they using it for? To what end? They, right. Are they building some monster uh, machine that they're going to use? Or, or like, what if they built like a little technodrome full of this stuff? Right. <laughs> and they're, like, they're planning on living somewhere, but that's not how they roll. So. Right. Like, that's know. my thing. I'm like, what are you doing with all of these these scraps? Like, what in the world is, is it all being used for? Yeah. And that there's a second fold question actually kind of brings us to this encounter with this guy and John Dory. And that's... That's for all the silliness and the way we look at these vultures as these kind of almost like ridiculous people, right? They dress mm-hmm. really ridiculous. They do ridiculous things when it comes to picking you know, stores and whatever, what have you, dry. And then they clearly meet this guy. This this one guy meets this guy, John Dory. Mm-hmm. He knows he there's just there's no opportunity to, to get him if he wanted to. And yet he takes the risk of trying to take out John Dory anyway. So... Now I'm I'm confused. It's it's like, what is this guy protecting? What's why would he try to risk his life for what end? You know what I mean? I was seriously wondering that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good question. I I don't know. This episode left me with a lot of questions for oh, sure. I'm still not entirely clear of what is the end game of the vultures because it's not just about food and goods. If it was just food and goods, then fine. That'd be one thing. You pillage, you take what you need in terms of food, medical supplies, whatever. But the fact that they go to that level, I'm just not clear on on why. Why to that point and, and for what? You know? that, you're saying to that limit in terms of what they take or like... Yeah, just... just or how what, desperate they're becoming. I mean, is it because of desperation? Is it part of a bigger picture of what they can do? I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, well, I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, look at the look at in the Walking Dead universe, Jadis and the trash people. I mean, right. in their sense, it's like they, they build this, this society out of trash, you know, and right. walls out of trash. So, I mean, potentially, sure, everything could have some sort of use. But they're traveling all with it. So that's the but weird exactly. thing about it. Yeah, they're not settled. And with, that's the weird thing also is that they're traveling with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Their whole thing is all about travel, never mm-hmm. settling down. And, right. And so the, it's this weird dichotomy of this hipster hoarder cult. Yeah. So it's really, it's just so bizarre. Like, and especially if you consider the fact that they're like nomads. Yes. traveling with all this stuff you'd think they want to travel light but yes and maybe that's intentional maybe that's to show how silly these people are but we have to consider one more thing is that and this kind of does go back to what i've been mentioning and and it's really only shown how prevalent this idea is in this episode and it's that in the past you don't see them flash a weapon whatsoever you know they don't they don't show their weapons at all no in the past scenes never i am not necessarily sure like how formidable of a threat they are i mean they're formidable in in numbers oh yeah even even at the People end when this, right even in the end when this like caravan of cars shows up i mean it's it's intimidating it's like w- what are all these vehicles filled with people just showing up that is definitely very menacing right but um and maybe that's just for us too because if you think about it we're conditioned a certain way to expect sure. the worst right right yeah no true so maybe they're just trying to screw with us <laughs> and and the thing that struck me also and i know we're jumping around here because this is more towards the end 
But the expression on Mel's face mm-hmm. when he came out was of anguish, of you know, anguish of anger. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, we, and oh my God, we'll definitely get into that. But and that's kind of what I, I'm, I'm latching onto is that it's only now in the future scenes in this mm-hmm. episode that we start we see guns, even in the first that right, first scene. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and, I, we, and I'm actually even wondering further because it may not just be that in the past they didn't have weapons, but in the future. When we see Ennis, I don't recall him having a weapon. No, I don't recall either. So could this have been a recent advent as a result of Ennis's death, you know? I mean, perhaps. I mean, it could be. And if that's the case... I mean, because we're still not clear what happened at the stadium. True. Still. No, that, that, that's that's what I was going to get to. And Because if that's the case, if this is only a recent escalation as a result of Ennis's death, then maybe the idea that whatever happened at the stadium has nothing to do with them. I mean, it's an interesting idea. Even though, and I'll say this out front right now, we do see in, in one of the sneak peeks for this coming episode... That Mel is in some sort of bed and he's handcuffed to it, the headboard, Mm -hmm. and he gets out and he's with Naomi. So this could have been slightly after the diamond, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering how did how first of all, how do we get there? Right. The the tone of that scene I think is still warm, so it is in the past, Mm -hmm. obviously. Somewhere between the past and the present. Right. But yeah, that 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 is interesting. It could be that these guys really weren't a threat. And maybe it's something that Mel has said in this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. the vultures end up leaving because of what the group brings back from the FEMA center. Right. And Mel leaves uh, Madison with this one final bit of advice because he can't leave without giving advice, right? In my experience, you never see the bad stuff coming. Right. And so that, that signals to me that it, maybe it has nothing to do with them. I mean, even though you see certain scenes with Alicia and all that, but... Uh, right, right. Alicia's reaction to seeing, you know. No, it's a good point. It's a very good point. I don't, like I said, I have a lot of questions for how involved the vultures were in whatever it is that happened at the stadium. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I am far more concerned with Naomi's role in all of this. Oh, really? Because I'm going to tell you one thing. Okay. I'm not. But you really? Know what, you know what I am more concerned of? Okay. Althea. I can see that also. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we will definitely seem, get into that. But yeah. Yeah. Because she did not seem phased in the least when yeah. they had that confrontation. Well, there's reasons for that. I, I have a feel. I have a theory on why mm-hmm. it's, it's like that. But, okay. But there's more to it. Okay. I'm so cryptic. Well, as, def- ju- as this show is. <laughs> yes. And, and that I think that's what's what's made it so good this this season I think mm-hmm. is that rather than tell a story just straightforwardly uh, mm-hmm. the way they've been doing the last few uh, seasons this season they're they're really taking time to craft something interesting it's funny like some people are saying <laughs> on our Facebook that the whole time jumping thing is just a gimmick I'm like, it's not just the time jump it's the way they're crafting the story like it's one thing if they jump back and forth between time and they use that uh, that is a simple gimmick of trying to keep us guessing but it's what happens between the time jumps in how you slowly can start to see minuscule connections that they're barely connections but you can start to make sense out of what what's happening what had gone on too and so I love how they're weaving the story together no exactly I think it's effective I don't think it's gimmicky I think that they're trying to do this to kind of guide us to kind of put all the pieces together. And I appreciate it. And they're being clever about it, which is more important than anything. It it can be done poorly and it can be done well. And I think it's being done effectively in this case. And I like 
the continuity in terms of certain things. I mean, even after they return from the FEMA center with the supplies, we see Madison basically tell Alicia, like, okay, you know, go to the Range Rover, pack this stuff and whatever, just in case, you know, right. just, you know. And then we go to the, the now, the present, and who shows up in that Range Rover but Naomi. So it's sort of like, okay, how did this happen? How is it that we got from that point to this point? We see the links, but we're, we still don't know how those links happened. Right, right. The circumstances that led to it. And, mm-hmm. it, and it could be anything. The sky's really the limit. Yeah, but, but, we, but we know the just-in-case plan went out the window somewhere. Right, exactly. That's all we know. <laughs> That's all we know. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe we're assuming a lot. Did you think when when Mel's walkie-talkie went off and you heard the female voice, did you think it was Madison or did you think it was Naomi did, oh. or did you not know at all who it was? I, on my first watch, I had no idea. But on my second I, watch, I'm like, oh, that's clearly Naomi. Really? The first the first watch, I thought for a second it might be Madison. I was like, I oh, was my hoping, God. But, you know. I, was, I was hoping. I was. And then I was like, okay, no. But that also led me to see, like, obviously Naomi has some sort of a, of a significant enough role in this group that she was kind of more the leader in that, like, because the message sent on the walkie-talkie he was uh what's the hold up you know yeah. which is which is not some that would that's some kind of comment that would come from a person who's more directing what's happening you know yeah not somebody that's timid and no flighty and cowardly not at all <laughs> not at all you, you know what's interesting is that this is something i had said when we first met naomi i do have this fear in the back of my mind and this is just i don't know it is a show called Fear, so... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. It's funny how you don't think about that, but I, I thought that maybe she was a chameleon of some kind. And it turns out she is, I mean, to an extent. Maybe. I mean, we've seen we, we've seen her be with John, Dory, but I'm getting, I'm getting the semblance that that was sincere. Right. You know, because... From what we're seeing, yeah. From what we're seeing, because she very easily could have been very aloof in seeing him but you know she definitely seemed like she 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 was concerned and and sincerely surprised that he was there but in terms of her relationship with everybody else questionable right who knows right that's the thing if we hadn't seen this episode i'd be more inclined to say she is more of a chameleon but after seeing this episode i mean i i do believe that the whole daughter story, the the FEMA thing. Madison and Strand showed up after we'd seen the scene of her attempting to try to put down the walkers that she'd left behind, the people that, that she basically let down, and she can't do it. And that's between her and us as, as watchers. So there, I think there's a genuineness to it. I, I think she had a daughter. I think she turned. I think she made everybody sick, and, you know, they all died. So. God, that's so freaky. Reminded me of the prison on the... On Walking Dead, remember that time in the prison oh, when they started the getting sick? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See yeah. that? <sighs> Don't even get me started on contagions and things like that. That is. Do you have one? No. <laughs> but I'm, I always tell people, as much as I watch this show and I love this show, I always tell people that this is my biggest fear. I'm oh, not it's afraid. Like a fear. Okay. <laughs> I'm not afraid of vampires, werewolves, like Jason, Freddy, none of that stuff. But <laughs> you're afraid of contagion and apocalypse. I, I'm afraid of apocalypse and, and, and zombies and they're like, oh, and they're like, and people ask me why. I'm like, well, because that legitimately could happen. And they're like, oh, people legitimately could turn into zombies. I was like, well, not necessarily that, but the idea of an outbreak of a contagion. A kind of zero. Yes, that kind of <laughs> stuff freaks me out. 
Fun fact. When the whole well, fun, maybe fun totally fact. Fun. Maybe not fun. <laughs> I, should, I should go back. <laughs> maybe not fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that thing. That, by the way, that noise. <laughs> so stupid. You're welcome. <laughs> but I had I had a, a work trip one time where I had to go to Texas for something, and so the first reported U.S. case ended up being in Texas. And I was like, hell no. It was like, where's my one-way ticket? No, <laughs> Back. Not, not going. Oh, I didn't even get on the plane. I was like, I'm not going Ooh. to Texas. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I, I'll tell you a secret. I don't even know if this is a secret. I really don't tell people as much, but now I'm going <laughs> to tell the world. <laughs> is that my, my biggest fear is a mob, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sort of thing, mob mentality. I can, okay. That's so, I can see that. I can see that. So if you see like movies like, I think it was The the Fog, I think it was or The, the Mist. I, can't, I keep get, getting oh, confused between the two. Okay. And, and you see the crowd getting whooped up. That, yeah. that sort of thing, that mentality frightens the hell out of me. But you know what? I could see that though. I could see how that would be very scary. Yeah, yeah, that's it, justifiable. Yeah, it's it's the ability for people to not really think clearly and, and lose right. their judgment, and then mm-hmm. you never know if it's going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. That thing, and it, and you know what, it seeps into other arenas like being fans of, let's say, even a band. Mm. There's, there's a part of me that can't go all the way with a certain kind of fanaticism. No, so no, I, can't, I agree. I can't even. I can't even. Like, so people get whooped up about Beyonce or like, or even like bands that I like. Yeah, I just can't go. Like, oh my god, yeah. I'm all about them. Like, well, no, I'm I'm bi- I'm chill. I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna no. retain my judgment. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's, I see there's, what happens. There's a scariness when people get to that level of fandom or just. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it is. It's mob mentality, and it's scary because in a state of anarchy, you, people will kind of almost sort of revert. Revert. Yeah, exactly. They will revert to that sort of mob mentality. If you have, you know, somebody who is boisterous enough to and, and convincing enough to be a leader, and has people that are just sort of following, so oh, like, yeah, 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 he knows like what Lord of the Flies. Doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a. I'm sure there's a psychological term for it, but I mean, it really. is is that's a legitimate fear yeah and more that, legitimate my contagion by the way that book is probably one of the scariest books to me the lord it of the is. flies it it's is for a lot insane. of people yeah it is for a lot of people Ugh. probably for a similar reason mm-hmm. so contagion outbreak and so yeah you could see you could easily see how how um naomi i, I believe her story yeah so, I, I be- so where I does believe- it change right where does it shift right. where does she fall if that's the case if she is kind of like a mini vulture or a, uh, a ninja vulture or whatever you want to call it like, I, i'm going to call it chameleon because you know, where is that flip? Have, has she been playing up this act this entire time on a, on a level? And maybe the, the FEMA thing was real, but there's a part of her that is... She's trying to play both sides, but she's really playing a bad game with herself. She's forcing herself to go to the FEMA thing for her own self-interest, but maybe it's also a way... Maybe she's being forced into it by the vultures to get their know. trust. It's, it's hard to say. It's like I have a lot of questions when it comes to that because I just don't know... Where did that change? Because even her demeanor, her appearance when she shows up in the end is not of a meek, weak person. He's like, What's, I mean, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, no, <laughs> you're I supposed mean, to be here, but now you're there. Yeah, and and everything <laughs> about her, like her hair and the leather jacket and everything, I'm like, it's very Mad Max to me. And her I'm leggings. Just, 
Was she wearing leggings? When she stepped off the out of the van, I think it was. Uh huh. Oh no, no, it was the it was the Land Rover. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. She's back in the sneakers, kind of like the same sneakers that, she, but like way more louder colors. Uh-huh. Um, the same sneakers she had when she met John Dory. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it, it goes from the feet up this shot, which is again uh-huh. like why I love this—the way the, <laughs> yeah, that the show was it. shot. Yeah, and then it goes, it, it pans upward from there, and like you see the the wild colored leggings, and and the, you know the the ankle socks scrunched up. It's, she's like, it, she's like half leather jacket, half Jane Fonda workout video, and then yeah. the, the crazy Mad Max plait in her hair and the side yeah. plait. I'm just like, what happened? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. When she is about to show up, Mel does say, she, she says something to the effect of, oh, you'll love this to Alicia. Mm-hmm. Meaning he knows. He knows who Naomi is. Right, and right. And what, what she may or may not have meant to the group. or And it could even be like a Charlie thing. You know, oh, maybe, you're going to love yeah. this. I screwed you again. That sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, may, maybe it was a Charlie sort of thing because Alicia obviously snapped and shot at i imagine it was the intention was to shoot her yeah not him for sure so i I mean she clearly just was incensed enough that she didn't hesitate and and you know you have to bear in mind alicia did spend a lot of time with naomi one-on-one oh yeah we see that in the beginning and that's what i was saying in the last episode is that it feels like it's all it almost pays to see the episodes backwards Mm -hmm. you know and then then if you see the episode the scenes backwards yeah, you'll see Alicia shoot at Naomi, and then you'll see the scene in the beginning with Naomi picking out the glass from her arm. Right, right. With no, with no anesthetic. But yeah, it's yeah, so it's strange. There is a closeness in the in the beginning of the episode, and then what made Nick kill Ennis? What made her? Mm-hmm. Wanna first of all shoot at Naomi in spite of who was in the way. I mean, obviously there were people around she could have missed. Mm-hmm. Anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. But you know, and, and shot John instead. But still, what had happened? Now I'm not saying that Naomi is directly responsible. We mm-hmm. don't know. But obviously, at the very least, at a certain moment she may have been. I have, think that they not betrayed them, but like she I think that there was. Them. I think that there was some sort of betrayal or abandonment or, or something because remember. John John Dory was told by Luciana that Naomi didn't make it out of the stadium. And now here she is showing up, basically aligned with the vultures. I, I mean, it seems like whatever happened at the stadium, it was assumed or maybe Naomi played it off as like she didn't get out or whatever. Or something happened to her or, or what have you. But mm. obviously, that's not the case. It seems to be that, that they were pretty sure that she yeah. was dead. Yeah. They basically said as much. Yeah, they basically said as much to John. Now, that could, it could have been that these two things are true. That A, she somehow ran away or whatever it is, and she ran in the wrong direction. And they assumed that, that, that something bad had happened to her because of that. Mm-hmm. So, But the fact that maybe she lived was a, is a whole other story, too. Right. You know, if, it, it, she didn't deserve to live, let's say, maybe. I don't know. No, I don't know. So. I, I just I have a lot of questions when it comes to Naomi. I mean, it's so funny because I'll be honest, I was not convinced of how vital a character or significant a character she was going to be. Naomi. In, yeah, Naomi. And she's obviously pretty, pretty damn significant. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying she's the key to this, but I, I'm saying she is definitely the she's key. She's an integral part. She's definitely playing a, a major role. And I wonder 
how involved she is in terms of whatever happened to Madison. It does beg the question. Hmm. And I say whatever happened because we still don't know. She could be alive. She could be dead. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a minute to maybe get, go head back to the beginning of the episode because you do see this cool monologue scene with John yes. Dory. Yes. And this kind of like Mexican standoff with this other vulture. Very gunslinger. Very Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And... Maybe they even put this in there to kind of show how caricature and the kind of badass that he is. Just w- without regard to really <laughs> what this what this vulture was even doing. Why would he even face off against John Dory? That sort of thing, like I was saying before. Mm-hmm. Maybe just for the sake of this, <laughs> this sort of scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> to see him shoot off a pinky. I know. <laughs> that is very specific. <laughs> yeah. I even like like John Dory's facial expressions like this yes. very badass looking yes. down off the brim that sort of thing he he does play that very well mm-hmm. you gotta give him credit yeah yeah <laughs> no listen he has quickly become a fan favorite yeah, yeah yeah without a doubt I'm seeing so many comments about people even saying they like fear in some senses more than they like The Walking Dead. I'm finally seeing comments to that effect. <laughs> we can talk about that later in the podcast. Ooh, good. Juicy. Because obviously there's been a lot of, lot of movements on The Walking Dead area. So Yeah, bowel movements. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it's, I, it's getting somber out there too, but yes, we'll, we will definitely get into that. It's getting somber. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So we're still in the future and right. we see the gang, the rest of the gang, Luciana, Strand, Alicia. They're being driven around by um, Althea. Right. Who still insists on wanting to know their story. Yeah. This is this is what I am going to get to. But the, I mean, the first thing that Alicia asks her is about the guns. And you could really sense how indignant Althea is, especially after how they tried to manipulate her. She basically does the, you know how like fathers always threaten, I'm going to turn this car around. So she stops right. the car like yeah. that. She says, exactly. Listen, yeah. listen you putz. Is, mm-hmm. uh, all I need is your story. I don't need your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, and it's Luciana, I think, who's like, it's basically says she has no problem telling yeah. her story. Yeah, Luciana seems to be kind of in the middle. There's a part of it, part of it that's probably still in like shock, and it's kind of like, you know, what's it matter? You know, whatever, whatever you want. That's all you want, and you just want to know our, our story. Fine, here it is. Yeah, no big deal. Look, Nick do is what gone. you want with it. Yeah, whatever. We got what we got. We're gonna do right. what we're gonna do. Yeah. You might, you might as well enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Strand basically asks, so you're just gonna sit there and watch us mm-hmm. do our thing, and you're not gonna get involved. Yeah, and this is really in reference to the guns. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't use this to help us. Mm-hmm. And Althea says, "quote It wouldn't be the first time." And mm-hmm. then I'd like to bring you back to the end of that very episode where you know where Nick dies and right. she's rummaging around trying to find these desperately find these tapes. Yes, yes, of, yes, of yes. the bog. These twenty four tapes. So what's interesting to me, and this is something that they've been holding back, is some, there's a story there. And what I think that story is, is, okay, remember one thing. Althea is a journalist. And what, yes. ju- what journalists don't do is they don't get involved in the subjects. You know, no, no matter, they don't. No matter what happens, even in no. war, they don't help out. They don't do anything. They're just supposed to be there to document. Yep. Now, I think there's a commentary here, and I think there may be even a regret, because I don't think this is a normal world. And Althea, I don't think, is caught up to that. Or maybe she is not acknowledging that fact and still trying to live like a journalist even when things have changed. Right. And I think part of that reckoning is in, in, in these tapes is that she probably watched a whole bunch of people die and didn't lift a fucking finger. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she keeps these tapes in a sense locked up. First of all, she keeps the tapes because she's a journalist. Right. But I also think she keeps them locked up um, so that people won't judge her. Hmm. And maybe she's maybe even still she's ashamed of it. 
Yeah, and it maybe, could be. And maybe that's going to come to a head at some point. It could be. That's an interesting theory. And and I could see that because you're right. Journalists stand on the sidelines and document like they do not get involved in what's going on with the subject matter. Just there. They're just there to capture the story. So it could be a situation like that where these tapes are like the only thing that's left of these people, you know. That she may have even been able to help. And that's really my point. And that's Mm -hmm. that's where in in, in a season where we're dealing with redemption Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, trying to clean up past mistakes, I think this may be one of hers. I think this is her story, basically. I mean, even John has his story. Yeah. You know, so... Everybody's had baggage. Madison has had baggage throughout the series. Strand, Leisha, uh, and Luciana to a certain extent. She had that with the Colonia. Actually, that may be the running theme throughout Fear the Walking Dead, but it's never been more focused on than it has been now. Especially when you consider the fact that these people are trying to climb out of their their past Mm -hmm. behaviors and habits. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really coming to the fore. And Althea's has not been drawn out as much, but I think no. there will be some sort of, e- even if it's minor, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, if it weaves in a certain way. I-, I don't think they may go hard on Althea. I don't. Maybe that was never the point with her, but maybe to a smaller extent, she's going to have her own little reckoning. I don't know. Right. It- it's I'm fun. I'm having a fun time thinking about it because what could it be or maybe her thing is bigger than we think it is and that's really what's getting me right now is that it's exactly what mel says you're never going to see the bad stuff coming right and and so maybe that's althea maybe it is i mean it's an interesting thought she's a sleeper (laughs) a lot of sleepers could be her naomi it could be luciana what strand poor luciana (laughs) (laughs) i don't know See, that's the thing. I would not expect Strand. I think that that theme has, has run that's its that, course. Past, yeah. <laughs> you know, it can't always be Strand. You know, yeah. it's just, it just be too. It's just kind of like it can't. All that war can't be two and a half years. No. Oh, wait, oh, wait never well, mind. Well, they really did. <laughs> thank god it's over (laughs) so that's that's the two things map up map together is this strand always screwing them and then all out war being this constant plateau crush plateau crush yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean but it's true with strand i mean he admitted in this episode to madison about him basically having like a, a a backup plan yeah yeah there you go in which it took a while to draw out too, but yes. but I like how that's done. And w- let's let's go into that uh, in a minute though too, because we are back with Mojo, <laughs> Morgan and John. Mm-hmm. I like that. We have to get into that scene where he has the gun to the vulture's head. Yes, you you do see this starting to go to a place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's something that you were worried about actually. It's like, mm. oh, is he going to get dark? You know, is he gonna- yeah, I, I was generally concerned about it. And I think he, he doesn't kill the man, obviously, but he does ob- maim him and shoots his shoots his finger off, which is very precise shooting, I have yeah. to say. I mean, he, well, uh, when he even warns the guy, he's, 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 he's exposing his fear, though, too. He's like, he's saying, mm-hmm. you know, I know more than anyone that, you know, one false move and it could end your life. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty honest. <laughs> He's very honest, but the minute he shoots him and like pins him against the car, like he starts going a little, little nutty. 
starts uh where's laura in, yeah <laughs> i mean when it comes to laura slash naomi oh, no, he, he says naomi right i don't remember I, no i think he said laura i think you're right i think he did say laura well that's interesting maybe he is Luna. and maybe that's the whole point the whole giving the guns to to morgan to look Which after. as soon as he did that i was like not a good idea <laughs> same here the first watch i was like that definitely i'm like wait what are you uh, Morgan, like, you don't need these. I, I was like, no, don't give Morgan both guns. I'm like, hold on to those, John. That's leaving, hold on to those guns. That's, that's like leaving a junkie two needles full of heroin. I know. <laughs> hold these for me, mind you. Ugh, I don't trust heroin. myself. <laughs> and they're so pretty, too. <laughs> and and that, so that was the thing. As soon as that happened, I was like, bad idea. Right, right. The second time around I, I did see the thoughts, the thoughtfulness in it and, and the willingness for Morgan to recognize the trust that John is putting in him. And I, I, it's really endearing. And to see these guys become friends in such a way. It, it is very endearing to see this friendship very organically sort of come together. And that there's a sincerity in how they care for each other that you see in the things that they do and the things that they say to each other. It's it's nice. Let's acknowledge one more little gift to Morgan is that he's finally dealing with somebody that's not far gone. You know, there's Henry. Yes. And and him trying to deal with other people. He, oh God, the first the first person he tried to deal with was the the wolf. The wolf. Jeez. Oh, the yeah. wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was shitting my pants. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. I was trying to figure out at any point Morgan is it's just not going to work out for him this guy's going to hurt him or something and I always by the way I always thought that wolf would somehow come back Mm. in some fashion like I don't know maybe to thank him or something like that because he did get away if I remember right right yes I believe so file that under the Heath files (laughs) Heath is coming back oh (laughs) I'm convinced of that. I'm like, that, that's happening. I hope so, but uh, who knows? Oh, he's man. Gonna, he's going to come back and ride off into the sunset with Rick. <laughs> now, what, the letters were PP, or is it PPP? PPP. Yeah, PPP. Triple P. Yep, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is where we start to get into the Strand uh-huh. narrative. We're back in the past. Yes. Before. Dramatic before. Yep. Very and bold then, typeface. Know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, no script here. And again, Alicia's being patched up by Naomi. Madison tells Naomi, you know, how dire things kind of are. You know, basically, she's basically warning Naomi, you sure you want to stick around? I mean, really, you don't have to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it's like, Naomi's like, I, I do. I do. I want to see this place succeed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, and I think she does, but it's just kind of like, can Madison hammer the point home that this place is kind of hanging on by a thread? By a thread. Yeah. She Well, she refuses. She refuses to kind of... I Not mean, I guess- be... Uh, she refuses to lie about it. She refuses. Like, Can you at least uh, sin of omission this shit? Yeah, <laughs> and she she doesn't let anybody see her sweat. Yeah, she's honest, but she doesn't let people see it. Yeah, and I can respect. I respect that. I mean, look, I do. Honesty I do. is I... the best policy, I suppose. Yeah. No, yeah. I I do. I respect it a lot. Her yeah. approach. I think that people really are investing into the idea of a successful stadium to the point where it really does draw in people. I think yes. an idea can can really do that, you know, under the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. And Madison just 
is killing it. You know, it's so like the new Nelson, Nelson Mandela of the stadium. Oh, I know. <laughs> He's just tying people together this idea yeah. that we can survive. But yeah, this is where things start to get a little weird because Luciana basically tells Nick that Strand and Cole seem to know where, you know, where to go and where to find food since they found that car with all that stuff, right? Right, right, right. And then Strand is kind of like looking around. He's like, he's forced to tell Madison, oh, yeah, I found it in the housing development. It was ready to go. I guess Mm -hmm. some poor guy just uh, never quite got to it. Yeah. And then Cole has to kind of take a beat because he's like, this guy, I don't even know what to do with him. I know. And Strand does follow after him, though. Yeah. Just like with Madison, he's trying to figure out why Cole didn't rat him out. And the key thing to take away from this is that, you know what? It's not worth it because I, at this point, I don't know what you're capable of. Yeah. This this whole concrete pebble in your pocket. Right. What, that he keeps what, carrying around with him. Yeah. What did you do? You know, that... And then to make you get to this point where you basically would bug out on all these these good people to trying to do this big thing, you know what? What? How bad were you? You know, so were you the kind of kind of bad guy that that took people out when it mm-hmm. came down to it? You know, mm-hmm. how cruel do you have to be? So yeah, from his perspective, it's kind of like I don't know what I'm dealing with. This guy's obviously sticking around trying to be something, but yeah, I don't want to be too close to him to find out. <laughs> No. If he needs something from me, and then I'll have to pay him back, or, or at the very least, and at the very worst, slip my throat in my sleep. Oh my god. So, yeah. Yeah, but Madison sees the tension between Cole and Strand, and he's like, let's go drink, buddy. Right. <laughs> Thank you, for Lord, for this beautiful bounty of whiskey. <laughs> so, What kind was it? I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I later on in the episode, they do mention Roswell, right? Yes. At the end. Yes. I actually looked it up because because Strand says Lagavulin, and that's a that's a distill that's a whiskey distillery, and it's a very good whiskey distillery, by the way. That is true. So I like their style. I'll just say that much. <laughs> I, I do, I do. The Strand to me is is questionable. He's always a question mark to me in terms of how sincere is he. He's always got one foot in, one foot out. I, mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the, the season, you do see him kind of drinking the Kool-Aid. He looks like almost mm-hmm. cult member-like in. Yeah. You know? And then you see the getaway car with all the stuff. And it makes you think, how is he just pretending to be like that in front of everybody? And as this episode progresses, the thing that really gets me to thinking that he is different mm-hmm. is how concerned he is about, you know, why why did you... Why did he, you save me? Why did you save me? And. Mm-hmm. And we do, yeah, we do get to that in the very next scene. Like he, mm-hmm. he can't handle it anymore, and he's, he's yeah. basically why. He needs and, to know what did and, you see in me that you wanted to save me. On top of this whole internal struggle thing, is that we we are starting to find out finally a little bit more about what happened before the diamond. You know what happened right after the dam, and mm-hmm. apparently she fished him out of the water. He couldn't walk right. You know he was he was basically incapacitated. Nick was incapacitated in another way. Right to, to the point where she had to go out and find Luciana. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. that That's really this like indomitable spirit kind of thing. Yeah. Like, she was gone. She was not on the show. And somehow, in some way... She found her. In, in this big-ass world full of no people almost, she found Luciana. To bring yeah. her back, to get Nick out from his PTSD, by the right. way. Which is what what I'm feeling is it was his problem. Even when they show like kind of his reaction to, to the idea him. of yeah, the idea of leaving the security of the walls and it is very much like somebody who has like this sort of post traumatic stress. Yeah. So she goes crazy out of her way to save Strand. 
Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure it out. And I think, she, I think a long time ago, even with all his faults, I think she sees his intention even back then that mm-hmm. that the whole damn thing was for him and her and yeah. her kin. Mm-hmm. You know? He does this crazy, shady-ass thing for control, mm-hmm. but in as much as he wants to make sure his group is safe, not just yes. him. right. So that's my feeling. I, I really do feel like she sees the good in him, even though, it, okay, bud, you don't have to take control of the entire dam and the whole situation with the dam just to make sure we're safe. We can just do this together. You can trust us. You know, We can do right. something that's not fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, again, I, I do like finding out more about, you know, where the gang has been, how they survived. It's kind of like, do you remember when we were talking about Negan's origin story? Yes. I didn't really need to have a flashback of mm-hmm. Negan's past kind of like the governor yeah I didn't, I didn't really need that to be honest mm-hmm. in fact it made the idea of his kind of I, I don't want to say evilness but like what made him seem more implacable is the idea that there was humanity there a little bit but mm-hmm. i don't need to see it completely right I, I just know that he's there now yep and so to get little bits and pieces via riffing on it that sort mm-hmm. of thing they're gonna have to be forced to not go flashback style with where they've been from then until now even to the thing where they mentioned the whole roswell thing Mm-hmm. I like that we're getting little bits and pieces of that they've been somewhere, that they've been down this very long road, maybe like three years worth of travel since the outbreak, basically. So, yeah. so maybe that's it, by the way. And when they do mention the, the Roswell thing in the inn, you know, when they're with Naomi and everything, mm-hmm. she mentions that she or he mentions that it felt like three lifetimes ago, which makes me think, oh, three might be significant here. Maybe this whole The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead universe, maybe all of this has taken place in the span of three years. Is that even, Is do you think that's even possible? I mean, that's a pretty long time. Life is long when things yeah. are kind of this dire. You know? Yeah. Three years is a very long time. A lot can happen in three years. Right. From from outbreak until then. That's, right. That's, that's the idea. Mm. So, hmm. That's interesting. It is interesting. Well, let's, let's look at some time markers. I mean, we're talking about uh, enough time for Maggie and Glenn to fall in love, want right. to get married. Mm-hmm. The prison thing for them to go to Terminus and then finding Alexandria. Okay, I guess it makes sense in a way. I mean, all out war yeah. was was that whole two years was it was a oh, span God, of yeah. maybe two months. Yeah. So I, th- I guess it's plausible. So are we going to call this one? I think. I mean, I don't know exactly what year it is. I mean, maybe that's not even important, but, you know, I think that's a reasonable, just from watching the show, I think that's a reasonable time period, three years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The specific, oh, it's been three lifetimes. Who says that? So, I don't know, it makes me think. Hmm. That's funny. But, but yeah, anyway, so while they're up there, they hear Val, by the way, I think her name is Val, the one with the gun, Doug's wife, if you remember right, Douglas's wife. Yes. She has Naomi at gunpoint as she takes the Land Rover to try to get out. She's trying to escape. Yes. Yes. And that was interesting. Again. <laughs> and Alicia's like, oh, you're going to take the Land Rover again? You know, it, does it have any gas? <laughs> so what do you think about Naomi? What, what do you think her intentions were really initially? I, I mean, I have some ideas, but again, what do you think she's, she's thinking when she tries to go out at it alone at the um, FEMA camp? She always seems like a woman on a mission. But it's never quite clear what that mission is. She's on this trajectory of that she is on her way to X location. But it's almost like she does want to be chased because she leaves enough clues for them to know where she's heading. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's not that she doesn't want to be found. Like she followed. Right. She leaves enough information for them to be able to. And they do. And they basically save her behind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I don't know if she does that because she knows that she was going into a dangerous situation. So here, let me let these guys know so that the cavalry can show up when I need them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's a sincerity with her that I feel that even when she walks off and wants to be alone, she, not really. She still wants that, that contact, that, that companionship, that sort of thing. Obviously, it worked out. Well, she wants them to, 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 to follow her, basically. Yeah, yeah. Less than wants to be found by a random person. I think maybe no. specifically this group. Specifically the group. I, I don't think a random person. Let's do the math on this now that we know a little bit more about what happened. Yes. So according to her, she leaves to try to get the amoxicillin for her daughter, comes back, finds out that everybody turned, right? Mm. You know, she, mm-hmm. she, she hadn't eaten, she hadn't slept, you know, and then she finally found it on the third day. And when she got back, it was already way too late. You know, mm. her, da- the, her daughter was locked in a room. She must have gotten out somehow. Somebody may have tried opened up the door and was like, oh, hey, why, Rose? Yeah. What's going on? Why are you banging on the door? Oh, my God, it's a baby walker. Um, <laughs> like, and, oh, my God, that's so creepy. <laughs> and it got her, and they, it basically got her. I think, well, I'll get into it later. But We have not seen baby walkers on this show. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've seen you in the first episode, Jeepers Creepers. Oh, mm-hmm. not baby walkers, no, but, <laughs> but children no, not, walkers, yeah. Children walkers, yes. Rarely, by the way, rarely, but... You know, and, yeah, but, they, I think they yeah they get a little apprehensive about I showing blame. that. <laughs> <laughs> but now she finds that out. What does she do? And more importantly, when she finds out, so something must have happened on the way of, from finding out to being on a canoe and washing up on John Dory's shores. So a number of things could have happened. Now, the thing that I want to drill down on, mm-hmm. really, is something that Naomi says in the last episode. I mean, I'm talking about the episode, the episode titled Laura, mm-hmm. uh, where John Dory finds her. The first thing she says, and I mentioned this, was, I have to get back. Now, back who, to what? Exactly. Who does she have to get back to? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, let's think about this. Who could it possibly be? Uh, you go, you think of what I'm thinking now? Could it be the vultures? And could, could could we be walking into an adult Charlie situation where she's a plant for them? Now, I, I don't doubt be. that she's sincere or maybe into being strong-armed by the vultures to kind of lead them out. Now, maybe this was a plan for her to lead the strongest people there, Madison and Strand, let's say the strongest-willed people. Mm-hmm. It's two less people to hold the whole group together. And maybe this is the vulture's way of like non-violence. You know, let's just wait for this thing to fall, but we'll nudge it along like the weevils. I'm sure that was them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like the weevils. Oh, yeah. Right. It showed up just when they came, when Charlie came on board. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if that's part of the case. Like, I mean, is she being that tactical about it even if it's really kind of dangerous for her you know right like i believe that she's really rattled by this sure uh-huh. let's assume this but let they are forcing her to go back to do this really dangerous thing that's so personal to her right yes let's put it this way maybe the intention was to get this stuff all along mm-hmm. to, to bring it back to the fema center maybe this whole freaking vulture thing is, a, is bullshit or maybe they're not a, a traveling crazy amount of nomads maybe it's like we, what we said in the beginning of the episode what's the point of all this stuff all what's the fluorescent this? lights yeah all the hinges yeah could they have been gearing all along to take over the stadium maybe maybe that's what they were doing just kind of planning shit <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, I could see a use for all that hoarder shit at the stadium. Hoarders. Yeah. Doors, hinges, bells, uh, lights, light bulbs. Remember mm-hmm. what Strand was saying about that store? Picked clean. You know, the, yeah. the stands, the, the shelves, whatever. So 
You know, maybe they were trying to plan a community out and they found the spot that had to happen to have been taken. I don't know, man. Maybe this whole maybe this narrative is built. So, hmm, who knows? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for what she said, I have to go back. Uh-huh. You know, and even then, her yeah. trying to go back uh, in a way from John Dory, what does she have to go back to? Well, right. I mean, that's the question. It's like going back to what? Going back to who? We've established that your daughter died. So right. that's not the case. And I sincerely believe that that really did happen. So what are you going back to? Right. Why do you have to go back anywhere? Mm-hmm. So, right? Yeah, no, I am not clear on that. I don't, you know, I don't, I, you have to realize something. I hadn't even thought of writing this down, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the more you were talking, the mm-hmm. more I'm realizing, oh, wait a minute. We have some other facts here that we're not really contending with. And yeah, no, it's true. You feel like you're getting more from Naomi, but it's not enough because no, no, it's, no, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like when somebody asks you a question about something, they give you a little bit of an answer, but then they completely pivot and they don't really answer what you were asking. Right. And that's Naomi right now. That's the question mark that is her. Yeah. I believe the kid's real. I just think there's something bigger going on here. I believe so. I think that there's something bigger that she's being very tight-lipped about. Wow, I'm really, I'm kind of really psyched now. I'm like, ooh. No, I am too. Like, I am very psyched to see, like, how this whole thing unravels. And maybe you're right. Maybe she is really, really important to understanding this entire season. She very well might be. Yeah, I mean, she probably knows what happened to Madison. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Really? I'm not saying I don't care about Madison. I'm just saying, oh my God, forget about Madison. She can take care of herself. Now let's talk about Naomi. (laughs) You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, oh, exactly. man, I don't know. We have to put this down for a minute because this is huge. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a point at which, okay, we've laid as much as we can so far on the table, and now mm-hmm. we have to keep going with the story because what what's going on here is that she's going at it alone. Yes. And Madison says specifically to her when she says, you know, for, so first of all, she says, look, you could have gone at any point. We'll let you. Alicia says the same. You're flicking out again, huh? And Madison says something. She says, nobody goes at it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you, that's not something you do. You know, why? And so, end of the day, Strand and Madison decide to go along with her. There's no sense in you going alone. It doesn't make sense, you know, no matter what. And uh, they go, they do this little road trippy thing. Mm-hmm. And they, they do find that inn where they find the vending machine. And they stay stay the night. It's late. You know, the famous center shelter is far away. They, they even had like a nice little... They're going glamping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say something along those lines. They got a nice little setup there, you know. Yeah, yeah. The the scene that they find in the office, the uh, the in office, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, they, where they find out that that the two walkers uh, had died because they shot each other over a can of beans, right? Yeah. Now okay. that's really, really, really important to mm-hmm. this story, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I think the idea of these two people fighting over food mm-hmm. really hits. Madison hard. I think this is what really starts planting the just in case seed at the scene at the end where she tells Alicia to pack to do what basically Strand did. You know, have this just in case car. Yes. Yeah, and especially like when they when the FEMA shelter has the same thing. But I think this whole idea starts with the with the two walkers in the end because if you really really think about it, I think Mel has maybe has started to get into her head that you don't know what people are capable of, and Strand right. even tries to remind her of that. Like you don't mm-hmm. know what people are capable of when backed into a corner. Yes. And God forbid any of them get to that point, it may be out of her hands. Right. And so when yeah. she, see, she when she sees these two people, it's like 
you know it's such a shame you know and then like wait you know maybe these people they were together and they obviously were it sounds like they shot each other and they were friends or something maybe and they were just came down to the last can of beans or two and mm-hmm. damn it you know yeah you know, who knows so but I, don't know, I just thought that was very interesting because it does tie into this idea of you don't know what people are going to do they may leave they may you know, may do something desperate and then what mel says at the end of the episode and it's kind of like Ooh. and this is where things start to get little intense yes because it's it's like strand has said when she first approached him she he really pushed her why did you say to me I'm, I'm an asshole <laughs> this and that yeah and yeah. then you could have just left me i would have the reason why that's important why he keeps pushing her for answers is because at a certain point they kind of have to ask naomi what's your deal man yes <laughs> like yeah wh- why what is the deal with this FEMA center? Why did you leave? What happened? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the first thing she says is, is like, I don't want to talk about it. And, yeah. And, I was like, that's not going to fly. And they're <laughs> looking at each other the same way. They're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. No, like, this like, is not the time to try to keep things to yourself. Like, bitch, please. Exactly. <laughs> and then Strand goes in on her. He was livid. He was livid. And you know why? Yeah. What's the thing that I always say? Is that you hate the most in others. The thing you hate in yourself. It's a mirror. Yeah. It's a mirror to yourself. And you're going to go in on that because you hate that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a coward. He did, of all people, to talk about pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. So I was like, really, dude? <laughs> really? But Really? Where, where's that pebble? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where, where's that well, pebble? Why don't, you, why don't you rub that pebble a little bit? Yeah, that's right. I thought so. It's it's like, so crazy, like the the chasm between like what's been going on. Because before we go back to the now, I feel like it ends on such a kind of chipper note. Yay, we came back from the center. We got all these things. We're gonna start the water going. Oh, yeah. and the vultures will walk away. Yeah, and they walk like, away. That's it. That's it. Let's back it up, boys. Yeah, they're like, okay, let's back it up. Let's don't don't you wish the saviors were like that? <laughs> That's what's so interesting. I messed with the wrong group. That's what I find so interesting, <laughs> you know? It is. It's, it's almost like as if it was a dream. Like, oh, hey, yeah, oh. And then everybody wakes up and then everybody's dead. Well, that's, that, that's <laughs> part of the reason why it's so interesting. It's just the fact that, like, these guys just sort of are this looming presence and, like a dog waiting for you to drop, like, something so that they can go and eat it. You know, right, 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 right. But there's no let your guard down, right? We're used to Negan and other bad guys, like the governor, or whatever, just reveling in people's misery. They just re- they <laughs> yeah. do. They I will I, I will dance on the bones of my enemies. Yes. That kind of attitude. Yes, and I don't get that from the vultures. No, I don't either. I, no. I, I, I you know what? If you had to put a gun to my head, <laughs> uh, honestly, I think they're playing at another level. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I, I think they try this method of playing chess, really, and I really do think they, they like think it's going magic, to work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're they're playing these moves of nonviolence or non-threateningness. Mm-hmm. I think they they're really doing a good job, and even I think the whole move to to get out is another move, you know. And again, there's the Naomi factor, like, oh, like what uh, what's going on here? Right. right. So I know we're jumping around a little bit and we're jumping to the end, but Madison is convinced. She has got the binoculars out. She is not 100% certain about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, she, she's like, don't ask me why. Prepare that, that Land Rover with all the just in case stuff. Something doesn't smell right here. Yeah. Yep. You know, it can't be this easy. Yeah. Nobody does this. Yeah. No, it's true. I was in Mexico, for God's sake. <laughs> that shit was real. That was real. These freaking hipsters with their <laughs> hoarding and, and stuff and their weenies. That's it. Yeah. 
I, yeah, they're such hipsters. I'm sorry. <laughs> this burning man. That, yeah, man that's hipsters. honestly, that's one of the reasons why it's hard to take them really seriously as a formidable opponent. I'm like, you guys look like such weenies. Yeah, but maybe that's the whole thing, too. Like, they, they do this to kind of mm-hmm. make people underestimate them, that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see that's the thing. That's what's so great about the unknown. It's, it's like... Yeah. It's like Mel says, the real bad stuff happens when you least expect it. Yeah. He warns her all the way. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I really don't like you, Kevin Zegers. Yeah. <laughs> but I really, really do. I, I do. But he definitely gives me Garrett vibes. Gareth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gareth. Andrew West. A little bit. A- Andrew West was creepy. Yeah, you like, think? Kevin Zegers... <laughs> I, honestly, though, that's that's what really gets me, is that you could almost mistake his attitude for almost friendliness in the sense where I'm just going to tell it to you like it is. Mm-hmm. You want in, that's cool. Yeah. You don't want in, look, it's your loss. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And maybe where Negan kind of outmaneuvered our protagonist group, let's say, and also dominated by force. You know, this guy maybe is playing the game on a level that we're really not privy to. Right. And and he knows it. And he says this in, like, I think it was the second episode. Mm-hmm. He says, you just haven't been tested yet. Yes. Like, really tested. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the thing about what these guys have been saying, is that we're dropping all these hints, guys. You've you got to pick this up. We're leaving little Easter eggs as to what is really going on. You know, and so we're not leaving you in the dark here. We're telling you exactly what's going on. Yes. But but you <laughs> but you're still not gonna see it coming. No. No, you're not um, gonna be able to see what's what it's what's coming. Oh my god. Whatever so, uh, that is. Yeah. So after that whole confrontation with Naomi, mm-hmm. Strand takes the keys from her, takes the Land Rover keys, and then we find out the next day she hotwires another car, you know, just to get away. Oh, and again, it's kinda like this this whole you know, what's the deal, right? Yeah. Like, she doesn't have to do that, but she does. Yeah. And if you really take her at her word, maybe she's going there to right her wrongs. You know, maybe she's right. trying to do it for the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But that's but it's never made clear. Yeah. At the end, when, when they do save her from the FEMA shelter, she says, I felt like I had to do this as maybe a type of atonement for what I did to these people at the FEMA camp. She's like, keeping the stadium afloat, I thought maybe would offset and maybe help me live with it. You know, she says something to that effect. Yeah, no, you're right. You are right. But again, feels like if she didn't have to go back there, I mean, have to, (laughs) like somebody made her do Mm -hmm. it, (laughs) then maybe she would never, she would have never done that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. By the way, before she leaves the next day, she she does admit that she's a coward, and Strand yes. really, really, really goes in. She goes, so we think, so you, we should thank you for showing us who you really are, right? Which is exactly what he did to Cole. Yes. Like, so like Cole's like, I should thank you for showing me who you really are. That's a very like, good. What, what I'm really getting into here. That's a good question. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like Strand is really saying this about himself. Like he doesn't forgive himself. No. So why should why should we he expect, expect otherwise? You. Yeah. Yeah. Why should we expect to? forgive you for showing us who you really are you know why should we trust you right hence the keys exactly something that strand says when they're on the way to the fema camp to catch up with naomi all the stuff about the map should we trust the map even Mm -hmm. how do we know Mm -hmm. 
and he's basically hammering Madison for forgiving him. <laughs> it's like, why can't you accept the fact that some people can't be saved? Right. She's like, all that stuff's in the past. You can work on now. It's never too late. Yeah. And then, and that's when he finally admits that he held the car for safekeeping. It wasn't something he found. It's something that he had planned for in case things went bad. And then he says this really perfect line. He says, when Preston cornered, the artifice falls and the curtain drops. Hmm. They always show who they really are. And he's talking about Naomi, but he's really talking about himself. <laughs> if the, if it was me, I, I wouldn't have saved me. And Madison is well, it's a good thing I'm not you. Yeah, no, exactly. And there were numerous people that felt the same way. They, they would not necessarily have been so accommodating and so helpful at all. It does make you wonder if we're ever going to see like a scene where or the scene that changed Madison's attitude. It's almost it's, it's like we were saying about Negan. You think that her it's as if we have to see that scene. Yeah, right? no, I think we do. We do need to understand where the tide turned, what happened. And once that changed or her mentality changed, it's like, OK, I can't save everybody. And, and I have to kind of look out for the best of my my people. I, I don't know. I don't know what Madison's reaction is. We don't know if Madison's alive. That's the thing oh yeah if she just disappeared and we don't know her whereabouts yeah. we we don't know how the effects of what transpired affected her and that'll be very interesting from back then you're from saying. back then yeah yeah well i i will say one thing there is a sneak peek in the sneak peek we do see something and it's kind of exciting to me in a way because it makes me think that hmm something is going on with madison after this episode mm-hmm. yeah i mean especially with the justin case car her changing her attitude just a little bit mm-hmm. i'm sure she wants to still try to save as many people as possible like again like the same kind of attitude of like let's invite mel and the vultures in mm-hmm. maybe you know they're not beyond no one's gone to their gone right, right 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 so but i do see a sort of tweak to that maybe even a reversion but we'll definitely get to that mm-hmm. definitely because i do want to talk about mm-hmm. it but the whole fema thing it's really just a lot of suspense and yes, action yeah. and her seeing the bodies and by the way there is something to be said about seeing the corpses of dead children uh, on this on on this episode, by the way, uh, and then the drawings on the wall just a second later. Well, yeah, that brought her to her not to her knees, but it basically floored her. It almost floored me. I was just like, oh my god, that is truly the horrific. Not that everything else isn't horrific, but there's something about the element of incorporating children in that kind of environment that takes the horror to another level. I mean, it's it like hits home a little, right? You know, even season one, episode one, I think it was episode one. Oh, or, yeah. With the kid. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind of creepy. It's like, oh, little girl. And little girl turns around and is a little walker child. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's oh, it's creepy as fuck. You know, but I have to ask you a question. Yeah. Like, look, you have kids yeah. too. There's, mm-hmm. Is there a part of you that kind of gets wrapped into that a little bit? Did like you internalize think... it? Like, in... yeah, a little yeah. bit. I, yeah. I wonder, or maybe I do. Look, for all I know, no, no, yeah. for sure. Like, you could say no too. No, by the no, way. It's like, oh, I, do. I don't think of my kids when no, I see. No, no, no. I, I do, and I, and I say that not just in terms of this show, but I, I would say that in general to anything that's. If it's effectively done, oh, no, you you know, I mean, yeah. not everything. It's you know, nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect, <laughs> and not everything's going to make me like automatically think of my kids in relation to it. But right. when I do see some of this stuff, it's like, yeah, I, I do think like, oh man, you know, I I automatically kind of think about it like if it were me in that role, if it were my child that didn't make it or something like that. Yeah, I I would be racked with guilt and and, and torturing myself. 
putting myself through the ringer for not having done more, at least in my mind, not feeling that I did enough to prevent this situation from happening. Yeah, those those kind of scenes are definitely pretty creepy. I think there was a scene actually in Walking Dead, Dr. Denise, and I think it was the episode where she got killed when she got shot through the eye, which was one mm. of the most shocking deaths, actually. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were talking, I was talking to somebody about that, about the element of surprise, and I was like, that death was one of those... Yeah, you were talking to me. <laughs> was it? <laughs> like Nick, like how Nick died. That arguably, like, the death of Nick, to me, was more shocking than Carl. Right, and the sudden, yes, the sudden complete loss of a character's potential yeah yeah denise she was going on this she was on this growth period of right. being this doctor right yeah and we were she really was, getting invested and in she her. was going through this this monologue kind of coming to this point and whatever and just like that yeah exactly that point too yeah. right like talking about how things were changing yeah yeah and oh it was God. so that was shocking but i want to say that in that episode rosita daryl and and her came across to someplace i mean they were scavenging they were looking and I, they were they were coming across the tracks at some point. They I, were coming across. You know the tra- I mean? They went into some sort of building, and this is just on the kids thing that I think that oh, okay. it was kind of like too much for Denise, and she ended up stepping out or, or had to run out. And I, I want to say that they came across like a woman who had trapped herself in a closet or a water closet. Like a yeah, like a slop sink. <laughs> but obviously she died and had turned. And mm. you saw that she had kind of like eaten her child or, or something. Oh. It was something like that that was just really like, I, I for some reason, I remember that. And I, I was like macabre, like, oh my oh, God. Yeah, that I, that I, I, I remember. I remember that. And I was like, Oof. oh, that's, that, that's something that really got you. Yeah. And by, and by the way, that was probably like around the time what you had your first kid, it, second it, kid? oh it's a blur man <laughs> yeah no it am i right it, or no like you're it, you're probably right like i definitely second kid it yeah. could be negan hadn't been introduced yet so this was what so, yeah. negan was introduced in season seven right or or, uh, the, or the or arguably just before season or arguably seven. the end of season six basically yes yeah yeah and this was season six mm. this was definitely season six because this was dwight and, and how old is uh your second kid he will be three in november and oh and we will be this is accurate yes because we'll be in season what nine come the fall yep so there you go three years six yeah yeah that little postpartum moment oh god (laughs) look at us being all analytical here Shoot, I'm glad I asked this question. You deep diving, man. Good, good on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tear you good apart. on you. <laughs> tear you apart, Carol. Yeah. And, and it's not just fear or, or walking dead. It could be anything. Like, I mean, and you can. You can internalize it. So you automatically put yourself in that position and you're just like, gosh, you know, oof. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? Let, let's drill down on that a little bit mm-hmm. because there's this one moment yeah. where she she sees the, the bodies of the dead children on the floor. Yeah. She looks at the drawings yeah. on the wall. Mm-hmm. She buckles yeah. and she drops the... And so when I watch the scene, there's a part of me that, of course, feels it a little bit. Uh-huh. But then there's this other screaming part at me. is like, are you crazy? Are you... Are you effing kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I wanted to know, wait a minute, what did, did this maybe resonate a little bit more with Carol? Like, mm-hmm. did she like completely understand this this weak moment, mm-hmm. even though there's danger all around her? I, th- I think certain things will bring you to your knees in that sense. And I think we've seen it with other characters too. Like, I mean, Carol seeing Sophia, you know, come out of there. Like, I mean, you your all rationale goes out the, out the mm, fucking window. Like, that's it, true. It, it, you, you know who I thought about? Who? Father Gabriel. Father Gabriel? When I saw his reaction to seeing his practitioners, I, I think it was in this one building or whatever. Oh, okay. 
You know, he saw, he recognized the woman and the, and the library and glasses mm. and stuff. Do you remember that one scene in that one building, the, the flooded basement mm. scene? Yes, 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 yes. Clearly recognizable. Yes. And 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 having confronted her, there was the way he acted. Whether the way Seth Gilliam acted out that scene, just complete terrified, mm-hmm. and, and and you could feel the thoughts in the back of his head of reliving the fact that he had to lock out his practitioners yeah. and now he's confronted with one of them that sort of thing yeah that actually instantly brought me back to what he did mm-hmm. you know the thing that he did that caused this mm-hmm. and i kind of tried to bring it i brought it back to that scene i was like okay I, I get it i get it i was frustrated i was really like what are you doing right. don't don't do that right <sighs> yeah so yeah. i really kind of had to do it because part of me was really <laughs> no no it's it, no it's true all sense of rationale goes out the window in those moments where it's like what yeah. the hell are you doing but in her mind she needed to come face to face with what she did and i guess this yeah. was this was it but it was obviously a very reckless kind of decision i think she knew it would be bad but i didn't think she i think she really really underestimated how bad it would be right yeah. I agree. I don't think that she oh, understood the full scope. And, and also, I think that she is uh, almost kind of like walking the line on suicidal in a way. She doesn't care so much about herself in certain right. points. If something happens to her, oh, well, you know. Right, right. I mean, I, I actually wrote this in my notes and then I actually erased it. Mm. And, and I'd said, I feel like she's going here to die. Right. I think so. I think that she... Or die trying at the very least. The human right. spirit is that you're always going to resist it. You're always going to... You you know, fight to survive. But I think there was a part of her that was sort of resigned herself that this very well might happen. And if it does, then it is what it is. And I'm okay with that. Or that maybe even like Strand got to her in a way or something. Or, mm-hmm. and, and again, it, it, we can always go back to the idea that she's like a vulture plant, like Charlie. But you could also argue that maybe Strand's words, Strand's harsh words yeah. at the end, you know, you're a coward and, and it really pushed her over the edge to try to do more, mm-hmm. you know, to try to you know, I'm going to do this or die trying. At least I want to show them that, you know, at least with my last act and maybe to make it up to these people, I could try to do some sort of act of selflessness. Or I don't know. Right, but, right. But you see that she just can't do it, too. No. She, at some point, because of her buckling and, and, and being confronted with this horror, she she alerts the other walkers. And it's just, it's really dangerous. Oh, my and gosh, yeah. That was so yeah. scary. That was tense. By the way, I had that, remember that whole scene with Sam? And, oh, and, God. And, right. It, it made me feel like that. Like, these people were go- were going out there with the guts and the mm-hmm. tarps and the whatever. And then, you know, they're surrounded and they're trying to get out. And it's that feeling. And you see Sam as being spazzy and whatever. whatever. And then she can't, and she's being the same, not the same mm-hmm. way, but she's... She can't pull the trigger. She can't. She can't, just can't do it. She sees all these people, and she, it's her fault. Mm-hmm. And she can't really do anything about it. And you're feeling, oh my god, this is a Sam moment. Oh my god, this is a Sam moment. I I, I was confident, obviously, that she was going to make it out of this zombie horde situation, but that yeah. was a close call. It was looking a bit dire. Shake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like I was, re- I was reliving that Sam moment. I was yeah. like, oh no, 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 no. I was no, like, no. oh. Don't call out for mom. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not looking good. But Strand and Madison show up in the nick of yeah. time and basically kind of devise an almost sort of... Uh, and this is Strand's plan, by the way. It was. That, this yeah. is what makes it very important, mm-hmm. is that after that. giving it to her the, that way, mm-hmm. that and that's the thing. That, that's what really stands out. It, it goes back to what you asked me about before, mm-hmm. about how Strand is like, oh, he's like a very shaky character. Right. But when it came down to it, Madison was right. Like, I know you. Yeah. No, you know, I, yeah. I know your heart. I know you've changed. Yeah. As, as a result she, of this thing. And she was right. 
and he basically it was his his plan basically to be able to lead her into safety and and get her out of that situation it's he's sort of makeshift uh zip line right it's the best zip line adventure ever oh god talk about <laughs> oof yeah and she she they managed to get her to safety and yeah. you know and in turn she basically leads them to the oh to the, yeah the, the just in case the, car yeah. the truck mm-hmm. yeah that has all the the seeds and the, the plants goodies. and i think they had instructions too on how to grow like just just everything yeah also, the, the whole do you have a go bag by any like speaking of this sort of stuff or like oh diapers i have diapers in the why <laughs> just kidding. so hold on now you're asking me if i have a um a, oh it's a bug out bag that's what it's called yeah i was trying to like remember what the exact I, term is i might just use marker and put on like the handles like <laughs> j-i-c just in case oh put on the other one j-j-s-s just survive somehow <laughs> right and, and you know i wrote that down in my notes i'm like j-i-c j-s-s i know oh my god where's the connection I know. ppp I, yeah i'm still trying to figure that one out but yeah. <laughs> it's gonna come to me one day and i'm gonna call you at like four o'clock in the morning like i figured it out maybe it's something by the way maybe it, it's something he said in the episode to um tara but maybe we just didn't pick up on it maybe we'll, i don't know i don't know but wait so before you get to that by the way when i asked you about your kid yes I was thinking the entire time you take this concept of, okay, I'm forcing Carol to uh, picture her kid in yes. this situation. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I'm like, Oh my God, but wait, we just got through the beginning part of the episode, her talking about her fear about apocalypses. And it's like, Oh my God, am I really forcing Carol to, <laughs> to, to put sit, her kid in her here. worst fear? We're going to sit here and we're going to go through some nice, you know, shock therapy. I'm, and we're going to, I'm such an asshole. No, no. <laughs> no, because I choose to sit and put myself through this and watch these shows because I enjoy it. But because <laughs> clearly this is my life. Because I enjoy this every moment. The payoff is great. The payoff is great. But no, I mean, I, I, I do, I do think about that kind of stuff. Like when. But do you have a, a bug out bag? I, I do. Because, it sounds like you do. Well, yes, because now that we're in the state of Florida and we went through our first like hurricane last season and we were like scrambling mm. because. I mean, we didn't have to evacuate, but basically, we were encouraged. We to. were encouraged to, so we did. Oh my god! But um, but the thing is, after that point, I was like, you know what? We need to be prepared just in case. Okay, I see something ever happens. Does Eddie think you're crazy? Or well, I can't. I, I basically took let's, it upon myself, and I kind of have like a you know very utilitarian sort of camping book bag that I used. And mm-hmm. I put all sort of like important documents and passports like in Ziploc oh, bags. So like in wow. case they get wet, like the, the, you know, the documents are still preserved. And I have all this first aid equipment in there, cash, gold jewelry in case metal is like, dude, like seriously. Oh, the wow. only thing missing from that bag is basically a weapon. That's the only thing that's missing. Right. That's like the limit. Your limit. That's like the only thing. But now look... <laughs> Oh my God! You're getting in my head now. I mean, I know I live in New York. I like the liberal sort of bastion. No, I bleed blue. You know? I still bleed blue. But uh, no, well, I mean, you know, it's it's just it's it's different demographic. Like you live where you live, and it's a completely different landscape, interpersonally, socially, right. politically, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's tough. just there's some things you just can't escape when you live in New York City. Mm-hmm. You could argue that some people do walk around with a Bowie knife, a Bowie knife, or something like yeah, that. And potentially, like, you know, yeah, yeah. you never know. Right? I can't but even imagine. I, I mean, could see most people not doing that. No, that that's what I mean. No, I, I, I am 
imagine most people not in New York. Yeah. I imagine most people do here. <laughs> yes, that's exactly my point. Yeah. So I think the the, the circle is going to have to complete for you. I oh no, I can't. And I now cannot. I'm starting to think for myself. I that's that's you're getting in my head. I, I can't even imagine. Like I, I am one of those people that like I've never held a weapon in my life. You mean like a firearm or just like any anything, sort of knife of any kind? Anything. Okay. Any firearm, weapon, nothing. You know. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when we were reviewing, you know, Walking Dead and we were had all the theories about Eugene and making the bullets and whatever, mm -hmm. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know the first thing about <laughs> like, firing a gun defective shells pistol, and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like this is all speculation on my part. I, I don't know anything about this. So yeah, that's as far as my go bag is, is concerned. But it's funny because like when I had it all done, I like went to the living room to Eddie and my mom and I told them, I was like, look, just letting you know, I put together this bag. If I'm not here and shit hits the fan, you take that bag, <laughs> you go. You go. If, if, if they take me down, this is yours. This is yours. You take that bag and you go. It's got everything. You know, this is going to come back to me, right? Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you knew about. I gotta place. have a talk with Dave. This is just too much. Uh, the, you guys, it's <laughs> it's it, this podcast is over. Yeah, this is this is this is she's just it's taking her to another level. <laughs> yeah, if if you if you if you're doing the podcast from a bunker somewhere, <laughs> just because you're lying to Eddie and but saying you know what's no. Like, no, this podcast is over. You know, uh, some people are really intense about that. Not about the bunkers, but it was funny because I I worked at different places, and when I was in New York, I worked for one company. And and there was this guy who was an architect like me. He had an architectural background, but he was so eclectic in his interests. And he was a DJ on the side, mm -hmm. a good DJ, extensive music collection, all of that. But he was also obsessed with like wilderness survival. Oh, wow. He took this course that was led by some kind of retired army sergeant, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, that yeah. on like how to survive. Like a survivalist. Like a survivalist. Guess, right? Yeah, exactly. By the way, do you watch the show? on Discovery Naked and Afraid I, I've watched a couple episodes yeah it's the best show in the world I was kind of like seems a bit extreme to me but <laughs> but no the, the one thing that I saw that, that I kind of it was fairly consistent is some of the first things some of these people yes. do is get clothes you know make clothing or right. whatever it is it's kind of like when I first watched MMA. I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, really? People are going to beat the crap out of each other? And I'm like, oh, wait, I, I get it. They, there, there's a bit of respect. It's the same thing when I watch Naked and Afraid. It's like, okay, they're being smart. They're yeah, covering yeah. the, the precious bits and stuff. No, they, <laughs> so. they're smart about it, but it's just. It's always so fascinating to me, the thing that more often than not is what causes them to tap out. It's not hunger, it's not thirst, it's bug bites. Mm. And more often than not, it's the person who's super confident that they can survive, they can do this, they've, they've done this, they, they can do it. And it's like two days into it, three days into it, they're like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it, it makes you think though, right? Doesn't yeah, it? no, it does. But you're allowed to bring one item of your choice. Right. So it's like, for me, I remember like we were talking about this. It's like flamethrower. Flame <laughs> no, I would bring netting because you could use it to catch fish, like fish and right, also yeah. use it as protection at night to sleep from insects and, mm. you know, mosquitoes and things of that you, you can make you can make a nice little dress out of it you could do that too if you <laughs> want so. to yeah see there you go but yeah no i have a uh, just in case bag <laughs> 
Wow. I don't have a just-in-case wow. Range Rover, but I have a just-in-case <laughs> bag. Were, were that we all had a just-in-case Range Rover. <laughs> just, like a $100,000 I know. Truck. Exactly. It's like I have just a uh, truck just like, you know, it's in the garage just in case. Yeah, ju- it's just in case. I call it just the, the plates say just in case. I see. Or just in case. Oh, do you know that there's a wrestler named that? I think that's his name. Like just in case. No, oh incredible. That's his name. Just incredible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call you that from, from now on. <laughs> just incredible. Just incredible. Carolina. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What I kind of just want to close off with is that you're getting in my head, and it's the I live in New York City, yes. and I can easily see the idea of people wanna wanting to leave each other alone and just stay in their own little bubble Mm -hmm. even though we're completely crowded Mm -hmm. turning on each other and getting all tribal and 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 hysterical Mm -hmm. and and starting to create little mobs and stuff like that looting and and, okay now it's in my head now it's in your head it's like the beginning of anarchy of how how fear the walking dead starts uh, in la as they're going through the motions and that's how a lot of it starts with a lot of the kind of zombies genre movies you know is yeah. that sort of kind of chaos I think uh, when you say that it also reminds me of World War Z mm, okay which I didn't watch but I, I was very interested in but yeah similar similar yeah. you know kind of circumstances and all of that I've never seen I purposely haven't seen it because it sounds like it was scared the living bejesus out of me they seem a lot more agile and hive minded yeah in World War Z yeah. but oh, that's part of the reason why I haven't seen this movie what's it called um, 28 Days Later yes <laughs> And that's, I was kind of going to go there because I think 28 Days Later, it's like the perfect middle ground between, it, of that kind of suspense, like uh-huh. where, where it's like, it was a person and it's this rage virus or whatever it's called. Right. It's almost like a um, kind of rabies kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it hits a little bit closer to home because it's, the suspension of belief is kind of, it's, it's, it's not as prevalent mm-hmm. in this kind, in that kind of series. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more gritty. It's a little bit more, I guess, maybe believable, yeah. which kind of does lend to your fear of outbreaks. That's what I'm saying. Like when it's like that, where it's kind of believable, that to me is the most horrifying sort of scenario, which is why for everything I heard about 28 days, 28 days later, I'm like, yeah, I can't watch that. <laughs> you know what we should you know what though okay here's a good activity that we can do uh-huh. is that during the break uh-huh. maybe we could do that maybe we can True. watch the, I think there's three of the movies or two of the movies I can't I remember which but but we can do that I think we should do I that I think we should and I, I think we should find a way to do this together yes. somehow maybe do like reaction videos yeah. where I can edit <laughs> reaction <laughs> videos like, are the best <laughs> And I'll be like, oh, no, we did not do uh, that. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to like, all you'll see are like my eyes. It's like, I'm going to have like, <laughs> like wide open, like saucers. saucers. <laughs> and then I'll like poke you and, and you won't move. And I'll be like, oh, no, I think we broke. <laughs> <gasps> it, I, I do think I've come a long way. I will say I definitely was a lot more ugh, squeamish when it uh-huh, came uh-huh. to to some of this stuff mm, i remember okay. going to like a haunted house five years ago Ooh, yeah and that thing scared the hell out of me now i look back at that and i'm like meh <laughs> but for some d- reason at the d- time, d- it, 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 <laughs> yeah no for some reason at the time it scared the hell out of me and i was talking to my husband to eddie about it and i was like you remember that time and he was like yeah it's kind of funny because you watch people get like <laughs> completely like decimated on this show and i was like yeah right (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you wouldn't think. But but in, but when I thought about it, I, I wasn't into Walking Dead as much at that time because mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those people that started at like season one, episode one. I was right. people that came in and like binged, I want to say seasons one through four, four I think it was yeah. seasons one through four and then we came in fresh at a right around five or so yeah mm-hmm, like five mm-hmm. I would say so yeah I binged a lot of craziness <laughs> and it desensitized me I guess right right you've, you've been inoculated there you, you, you took your you took your course of vaccinations yeah yeah <laughs> and you were you were prepared for the next haunted house I will say though th- there was something scarier about watching episodes of Walking Dead when I was in New York than when I'm here oh that's interesting because why do you say that because where we lived in new york is remember we lived outside of the city oh. we lived upstate we lived in the woods actually oh that's right that's right i remember it was it was still new york right it was still new york but the thing is that i would say it was like borderline rural because it was oh. for those who are familiar rockland county which is past westchester mm-hmm. and yeah. the particular area where we were in we had like almost an acre of like forest behind us wow. and it, and that's all it was it was just like forest and like train tracks like abandoned train tracks which added oh, to the no. eeriness. Yes. Oh my god. Which added to the eeriness. So you imagine binging and watching freaking the road to terminus. <laughs> you like live in an area where it's like super quiet other than deer, train tracks and 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 forests. It kind of added to the creepiness. It added to the creepiness, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know what? Here's a shotgun question. Uh-huh. If you ever had to live out in that sort of area again, would you then start to consider like Oh, maybe I should have like a shotgun or like a rifle or something like that. Because now it kind of begs the question, this really would push you, I think. I, I, you know, I I would... Because the police, I mean, I know Rockland, it's still kind of an accessible area. Yeah, I know it is. It's a big county. It's a big county. It is. It's just that I I look at it as I, I grew up in the city where it was urban. And where I am now, I would say it's very much suburban, where you have houses right next to each other. They're closer together, right? And in Florida, the ones, the place where you live. If you ever saw the show Weeds, the theme song, you know, like little boxes, like a planned, like a planned suburban. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but where you lived before, though. But where I lived before, it was very spread out. I mean, sparse. Yeah, it was like I mean, you had homes, but there was a generous size distance between each home, so you wouldn't necessarily look at window and see like hey neighbor not necessarily because you got enough space and there's a lot of trees and so you know you had that cloak of privacy plus we were on a cul-de-sac so no cars are really going to go down there unless they have a reason to like they're not just going to go through for traffic purposes or or, you know this is creeping me out (laughs) and that's how it was which which was fine but imagine binging like walking dead (laughs) several seasons several seasons in a row episode after episode after episode while you're living in these circumstances i mean it added to that kind of creepiness you know which was kind of cool Right, right. It, well, yeah. Add it to the, you know, to the ambiance. Right, yeah. right. So then, I guess, I suppose, if you had to do it all over again, is this? So would you get like a, a firearm of some, co- of some kind? Because so I know that fear- we blew. Boo, but- I'm just so fearful of that sort of stuff, and I just. Like I said, I've never touched one in my life, and I don't think I've ever known anybody with one, to be honest with you. Right, right. Well, because you grew up in, in the city. I grew up you know? blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, less blue, but like, you're in an urban area. Yeah. And- Act with access to police, right. you know, out there, it's not as quick. No, I mean, yeah, no, it is. I'm true. feeding your fear here. I, I know you are. I know. Luckily, <laughs> I'm not in a position right now where I feel that I need. Yeah. yeah. So I've. Never- I, I don't feel the need to answer because I'm never going to go back there. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a wonderful area, but I just we had very good law enforcement friends in case. Ah, needed. okay. I'm like, okay. So you would probably just call their I direct just, cell. I would just call something. their direct cell. Yeah. But what if the phone didn't work, Harold? I know. I just uh, like those scary movies. I or... know. Well, that's the thing. Some people. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you outright. I, I just to get my answer. I would probably do it. I would never use it, but I would. It would just be one of those things where it's like I would have to have it at some point. I think. Listen, it is legit in that area specifically because there were also a lot of just animals in terms of like bears, mm-hmm. deer, mm-hmm. wild turkeys. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. these wild turkeys Damn. were intense too. They could fly. Yeah. Get on the roof of your house. And Holy mackerel! Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you imagine like, okay, what's on the roof of my house? Yeah, turkey. <laughs> but you, between you and me, I, like, do you have like a fantastical mind where your mind goes places? Yes. Because I, my mind would go, it would try to rationalize, be like, oh no, 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 it's probably just a rodent of some kind. <laughs> and, but then in the back of my mind, it'd be like, it's gonna kill you. Yeah. Whatever it is. No, it would freak me out. Like the turkeys are like, because they have crazy eyes, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's behind those eyes. No, and the, those, that's why they're that, called wild turkeys. And it's gang mentality too. It's like they oh, get no, no, no. as like a little flock. And no, yeah, there was um, there was on the news one time. I don't know if it was. I have to worry about turkeys now, not just people. Yeah, there was. No. There was. There was. I don't know if it was in in Indiana or somewhere in the Midwest, or there was this area of like the town that was not getting their mail because these turkeys were like scaring off the mailman, and they're like, "I'm not going there." because these turkeys keep attacking me every time I go. I mean, yeah, they're intense. Ostriches, too. Oh, good. well, yeah. I, I know about ostriches. I just didn't think they were like social animals. But oh, now no. you're telling me I, otherwise. I, oh, I was God. in a petting zoo with an ostrich in Australia and it scared the shit out of me. It's a good thing those fuckers are endangered. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> I think maybe. Or maybe they were at some point, but I don't, I don't know. They also have yeah. crazy eyes and they're tall. Though they're, 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 they just look angry angry <laughs> they look very angry that's all and i'm gonna intense. say about that very intense oh god uh, squawking dead yeah, huh? exactly mm-hmm. there you go there you have yes. it i need to get back to this because i don't want to think about this yeah anymore horrifying ourselves yeah vultures huh yes yeah. oh here we go <laughs> don't worry about zombie vultures we so we seem like we're in a good place that's the thing that makes it so striking it's like right. okay here's the range rover strand smiles at naomi kind of like okay you know i get it i understand i was there and it's like okay it's understood we understand each other we come back with all these supplies the vultures right. pack up and leave right and only madison still seems to be apprehensive everybody right. else it, it, seems to be like okay yeah we can work with this we can do this you know everybody's all smiles everybody else is, is drinking the cool drinking the kool-aid she's the only one madison's is wearing off yeah madison is the one that's not convinced and I guess right. for good reason and yeah. she's the one who tells Alicia to just pack up this stuff in the Range Rover just in case right right and so I kind of want to get into that because, and I will jump from here and also to the sneak peek mm-hmm. that I saw mm-hmm. now I know you haven't really watched everything straight through mm-hmm. but the behavior that we're sort of seeing between Madison and Alicia yes. is similar to what we would see in the past the way Madison has known to have been o- to, to operate is that she 
hedges her bets, likes to be able to control the situation, yeah. so she will make moves yeah. to create little chess moves, let's say, of her own to try to make sure the safeguard, first of all, her babies, right. but also make sure she's in control of the situation, tries to... Have the upper hand. To, yeah, to set. she tries to set things in motion mm-hmm. just in case things go sideways. Yeah. Not like Strand does. Okay. Strand likes dominance, you know, likes to control the situation in an overt way. Mm-hmm. Madison likes to set certain things in motion to kind of be able to tug on certain strings mm-hmm. to make sure things kind of go along the way that she wants to expect them to. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe she's starting to revert to maybe in a smaller way this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that, not just because of this, because of that alone, I can understand mm-hmm. the whole just-in-case car. You see it at the FEMA camp. It's a good idea. Why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. Maybe Strand isn't crazy. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of hail back to if shit goes down, I want to be able to take Nick and Alicia at the very least yeah. and get the hell out of Dodge, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, I'm not willing to go that route. I'm willing to say, okay, maybe it's just a precautionary measure of some kind mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. who knows what it would be for right. but or maybe it would be for somebody else in uh-huh. case this place fell somebody else can find this place out like the FEMA camp and then be able to survive a little longer but that aside what makes me think further is the, is the sneak peek that we see mm-hmm. it's these like quick scenes at the end of the episode mm-hmm. about what, what to expect in the next one right now it's this really quick scene where she's pointing a gun at the camera. Okay, so she's picked up a weapon uh-huh. and, and at somebody, and she says this in, in almost kind of a snide sort of way. You know, no one's gone till they're gone. Mm-hmm. Now, when she says this in this in this season, mm-hmm. she's been saying it in more of a positive sense, like, okay, right, like no one's gone till they're gone. Parents and all that, yeah, yeah. And Strand's not gone till he's gone. You know, it, 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 Naomi. True. When, she, when they meet Naomi, she does everything in her power to kind of. Make her feel comfortable. Make her feel like, look, you have no reason to feel threatened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all the chance in the world. If you want to join us, please. Yeah, I know you acted aggressively towards me, but you know, no one's gone till they're gone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But in this scene, what she does, it's more of kind of like a, you know, no one's gone till they're gone unless I make them gone. <laughs> That's the sort of way I read that mm-hmm. quick scene. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think something is is changing in Madison. Maybe there's a reversion. Maybe there's. Maybe she doesn't trust Mel, or if mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. Maybe Madison is the reason for the fall. It's Do you think that Madison could ever become evil, or be potentially evil? Or no? well, she—that's that, well, the thing about Madison—is that she has done rough things in the name of keeping her baby safe, mm-hmm. or keeping herself safe, as, as the case uh, goes with her backstory, mm-hmm. which is something that she told Alicia and Nick when it came down to explaining some of the things with, with her family life. And yes, yes, just, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from way back mm-hmm. and when she was when she, when was, she was, a child, was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. So there is something to that. She had to do some pretty rough stuff with uh, Broke Jaw Ranch people and then and, and with Troy. Mm-hmm. Manipulate him in a way. It's kind of like trying to tame a wild Rottweiler, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be your guard dog. Yeah. You know, it's like Madison, you may not be playing the best card, but she's going to try to do that because she thinks she knows what she's doing and she's going to try to get a bad thing on her side so that she can attack whoever's trying to get her babies, you know, so it's kind of like Strand in a way where she's doing it out of the goodness of trying to keep everybody safe, Mm -hmm. but it's like playing with fire, Mm -hmm. you know, and and maybe this is part of her embracing no one's gone till they're gone until I make you gone, Mm -hmm. you know, that that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm not letting you threaten this place, that sort of thing. Right, right. 
So I wonder. I, I really do wonder. I, I didn't even think that until I saw that one scene. I'm like, wait, she's saying this a little bit weird. And holding a gun. Mm-hmm. So well, well, what do you think? I mean, I know I you're kind of coming into this from the outside, but... I, I don't know. I'm not totally sold on her as a pure protagonist for the reasons that you have kind of mentioned. Like, she could have caused this downfall what happened at the stadium the only thing that stops me from completely thinking that is just nick's visceral reaction when he saw the car and and ennis which makes me feel that something happened towards madison that they had some sort of connection to but and alicia too i guess right and alicia too yeah i mean yeah they they all seem to but it just still the question is you know obviously like we don't know what necessarily happened to her or what she maybe even did right? or what she did or what her involvement was i'm hoping that by the time we get halfway through the season we'll have a better idea of basically is madison alive or dead yeah just that I, basic like, i think the thing that eats away at both of us is the idea that it it just seems like it's too inevitable that Madison Exactly. Is dead. I think it's too easy and too much of a cop-out to be like, oh, well, she she died. It's like, oh. Or it's too obvious. Or it's, it's kind too of like, obvious, yeah. So it's like... Like, how could it be that she's dead? It, they're, the way they're pointing us, they're saying, hey, she's dead. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm telling you she's dead. Yeah, it's like, nope, there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah. Which is what always makes me think, like, you know, could you have turned to the dark side? Are you a participant, a willing participant in the downfall of this stadium? I don't know. You, you know what it's a lot like? Mm. It, it's like that friend that tries to throw you a surprise party, but he <laughs> just says too many things things you're not supposed to know but he says it's not a surprise part get out of here you know it's right. like okay i now i know it's a surprise party yeah because now you're really kind of yeah yeah it feels like that's what the showrunners are trying to say mm-hmm. to us it's like oh it's not a, it's not a surprise party mm-hmm. but meanwhile it's kind of like well now you're being too obvious so now i'm not even sure that it is a surprise party right. you know like maybe there's nothing mm-hmm. and, so, and, and shows seem to do that a lot yeah. You know, it's, they point you in a certain direction, then they misdirect you. So now it's like, now I can't be sure. Mm-hmm. Because now it's it's that, that right, that 50% dilemma where it's like, okay, now she could be dead and she could not be dead because the evidence is pointing too much right. that she's dead. So now I'm not thinking she's dead. Right, and, I'm not going to go But now if obvious. I'm not thinking she's dead, it's really frustrating. Speaking of frustration and This is exactly where they want us. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of frustration and not knowing and being led down a particular road and what have you. Oh. That's a good good segue. Maybe we should talk about... The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead and uh, the story that leaked, (laughs) apparently... Did you say that JDM leaked it? Is that what happened? No, no, no. Okay. So what I, I heard, we heard this from the Hollywood Reporter. Okay. Or, yes. So at least that's where I got it from. That's, I got it yeah, really early. From the Holly, yeah, from the Hollywood Reporter. And um, mm-hmm. I think... Um, it's the same way we found out about Lauren Cohan's... Um, whiskey. Uh, ...season sign-on. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, how she was she was trying to renegotiate her contract. But she she kind of wanted to walk away. I think, she, I think they ended up working it out, if I'm not mistaken. But she's only going to be in, I think, similar six or nine episodes only or something something along those lines i beyond the disputes i didn't know i don't know what ended up happening i don't know either if, like i thought that they had resolved everything and it was a done deal i, I did too but it yeah. seems like she's also kind of being phased 
they call it phased out, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, like Nick was being phased out. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a phase out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we're still seeing him, obviously. We are. But, yeah. we are. That is a very good point. <laughs> See, the, this whole Andrew Lincoln thing is a very interesting thing. It's a, having him. It is a very interesting conundrum that they that they are in. And I was racking my brain trying to think of any shows that I could remember where the lead actor left and they were able to successfully keep going and that is a very tough mountain to right. to to climb because the only show that i could think of and i can't even really call it a fair comparison was game of thrones when they killed off ned stark in like season 1 when i thought right, like right. oh this is the main character oh no my bad i guess mm, not but no. that was- well i mean they did that with cliff uh, cliff curtis uh, travis on fear of the walking dead mm, you, you would have thought that true. he was maybe going to be a main character but i think second season i mm-hmm. think if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. yeah at the helicopter scene right done right but then the thing is that at least like one season two seasons in nine seasons in almost a decade into this show i mean that's the thing we're almost a decade into this show it's that's a long time yeah and especially when you open the show with this character you would think that, that is, this character would be the one to to end it hold her this hand. is the one who's yeah. going to hold your hand through it and it's going to be the one to hold your hand when it closes out so i i wonder like when on their part they knew that this was happening was this something that was that was just kind of discussed recently is this, is this something that they knew before filming that this was going to happen because that obviously would affect how they approach the story well it seems to me just from what i was reading is that andrew lincoln is the one who kind of initiated that or mm-hmm. that was the impression yes. that i got is that he was yeah for, you know, for sure. I, I want to leave the show right <laughs> you know but then i want mixed style all, all these english people like really you can't hack it you can't hack the hollywood yeah yeah I, i think also honestly i'm sure they're probably seeing denai guerrera like raking in like the accolades and the big bucks oh doing God. movies uh-huh. you know he wants to get back to film or something i think so i think so huh. and i think that he's huh. he's kind of like made uh comments towards that and with the idea that it's like he would like to take on some like movie projects and things like that that have been offered to him but you know walking dead is such a time commitment and really hasn't taken on anything else he doesn't do any other kind of side projects or anything like that he's strictly rick rhymes right it's it's probably like a strict emotional restriction too. I mean, it, it, it seems like he puts in a lot into this it's character. It's a very physical job too. You're in the Georgia heat. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of emotion. It's not a walk in the park. No, no. Yeah. So, I mean, Garrett Dillhunt mentions it as much when we see him on Talking Dead and some of the behind the scenes. They really, he does explain how, the, how rigorous, how physically, yeah, it, it takes a lot. It out of is. Him. It is. So, I mean, imagine that for ten years. <laughs> yeah. My understanding is that all his family is overseas in England. So, mm. look, I get it. What I just am more concerned about is... Is the story. Is the story. And how are you going to effectively do this? Because, I mean, they're talking a good game on like, no, you know, the, the story is going to be this. And we're going to focus on this and, and stepping on Norman Reedus. And, okay, look, <laughs> I've said... Oh, yeah, like stepping up Nor- Nor- Norman Reedus's role and right, in the show. Here's my thing. I You know that we talked about... They really about- didn't even have to say that, by the way. <laughs> I didn't need to know that. I don't need to know that. But the thing is, it's like like I already, like we've talked about this before. 
I have been very vocal about complaining how they have not given the Daryl character enough. He grunts, right. snorts, makes some <laughs> sort of like cool stunt, and then, you know, that's it. And right. we are all like, woohoo, okay, cool, you know. But he hasn't had a substantial <laughs> line or monologue in years, literally years. Like, I right. feel like the last time he did was probably during the time of the governor when Merle was still around and they had that sort of like family brother kind of conflict drama yeah. yeah you know like the, there was some compelling stuff there after that and memes what <laughs> and memes too I mean, oh, oh my god the memes yeah, yeah the, crying the crying memes, memes. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I feel bad. It, it was such a good goddamn scene. It was such too. a okay. good scene. But the thing is that, like, after that, he became, like, an action star, you know, really, mm, for kind the show. Of, yeah. I, I felt like they were trying to do something with Ross Marquand. I know it's something I mentioned before. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but then, yeah, that kind of got away from everybody when things started getting dark. Yeah. Like, with the, starting, I think starting with the wolves. Yeah, but, yeah. He be- but then, yeah. He became this sort of action star where it's after the prison, I think about Terminus, you know, and he was, like, a straight up rambo which i mean is fine which is fine not to come back to that right? but it's but the thing is like no he hasn't they haven't really given him much since then in terms of substance in terms of plot which okay you want to give him more totally on board with that now you think you're getting they're giving him too much well i think it's a lot of pressure it's a shoulder yeah it's to basically mm. say like okay man we're resting this show on you fans love you which is true he has i would argue to say that he probably has a bigger fan base than andrew lincoln people go i would nuts. agree i mean people probably hate the rick character by now in, i think in some so. ways i think so. most people let's say yeah i mean i and that's why i'm very curious to see how it works because i do think that people have become sort of tired and frustrated with the rick character so it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing but it's a very tricky it's a ricky dicky it's a very <laughs> tricky road i mean essentially i'm kind of excited I'm, though no i'm excited Do you know and to, what I mean? and to be perfectly honest from a ratings perspective you know that people are going to tune in just because now there's going to be this <laughs> there's going to be a shit show exactly exactly it's like it's, it's like yeah, i do that all the time i listen i watch many credible quality shows including you know <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead, but I love me some shit shows because it makes me feel incredibly wonderful about my life and every decision I've ever made. Right. But I tune into it because I'm like, this is going to be a mess. And I'm going to sit on my couch with a glass of wine and I'm going to watch it. It's like the best of both worlds right now. Yeah. Yeah. What you've got going on right now. But do you think maybe that, I'm going to ask Uh this even though I know the answer is no, Uh but do you think that maybe some of this is, I don't know, maybe manufactured kind of controversy or... I know the answer is no, but maybe there's a thing in the back of my head that's All saying maybe they're publicity. making this public. All publicity you know, because... is good publicity. I mean, exactly. There, I think it, it, it's it's twofold. I don't know how they're going to write Rick off the show, right? But however they have decided or will decide to do it, the shock value isn't going to be as much because we know now that he's he's leaving. Yeah, we want to know how the Titanic had, had it not leaked and had this not come out. That would have probably been the most shocking moment ever. We've been lulled into this sense of security of like, well, nothing's ever happened to Rick. And what happens if we're right. watching season nine and all of a sudden Rick gets killed off? And we're like, oh, shit, they finally did it. <laughs> so how, would you prefer to find out ahead of time or would you have preferred <sighs> to see be shocked by it? I, may, a part of me, I think most of me is thinking, well, I would have rather not known. I would have rather not known. I would have rather mm. not known. I would have. I almost thought you were going to choose the other one, no. actually, considering the whole Negan 
killing off Glenn and Abraham. That was a little different in the sense that... Is it though? Well, I, I guess for me, like with the whole Negan thing, I knew already because I'd read the comic how incredibly vicious that was going to be. Even though I was very much, for the most part, desensitized to quite a bit, I've realized for myself that I have a very hard time dealing with those kinds of scenes. You're saying like the human something we were saying before the human suffering aspect. I think that like if you're talking about killing bad guys or a bunch of zombies, walkers, whatever, it's like. I guess in my mind, I rationalize it either as one, they had it coming, or two, it's fantasy. And so, yeah, like, or I don't care about. Or them as I, much. I don't care. But a character like Glenn and Abraham, or characters like Glenn and Abraham, that were arguably the heart of the show, the moral compasses, the moral and compasses, and, and just you know the mouthpieces that were just straightforward and honest and sincere. To have them killed off in such a way, and I knew how it was going to happen based on the comic, assuming that it was going to go down the same way, I was like, I need to prepare myself for this because I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this go down, if it's going to go down as viciously as it's supposed to, because it's going to break my heart and I'm going to be traumatized for for weeks. And I was, it was like between that and the election, I was like traumatized for weeks. Literally, it yeah. was like back to back. Like, right, and so you, you, you take it back. You take it back to Andrew Lincoln. It's kind of like, well, we're in this Carl situation where we are listening to what people are saying. Mm-hmm. The overall impression, and maybe it has seeped out, seeped onto into us, mm-hmm. is that Rick as a character. You know, there's an element of yeah. I mean, we would want to see him carry us through, but there's also that other factor of okay, we've seen some pretty nasty things on his end. Right. As good as he probably is, ultimately, yeah. There's that factor. It's mm, I'm gonna say this, and this is gonna be a little bit controversial, mm-hmm. but and I, I don't like going the political route, but there is that kind of element when you talk about, let's say, Hillary Clinton. Right. Let's say mm-hmm. it's like as as good as she probably is, right? There's some evil there we've, too. We've seen. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We've seen too much. She's been in public life a right. little too long. Right. So we see some of the not so savory parts. Mm-hmm. And just just on that merit alone, I don't want to even get into the ins and outs and all that stuff and the details. But the, the argument is there, and it's a valid one. That you need the, when somebody's around too long, right? They have a history. Yes. And that there is that baggage. Yes. And so you transpose that to Rick Grimes. There is that similar oh, sure. feeling. Yeah. We've seen too much baggage. We've seen, We've seen too many bad moves. Yeah. A you lot know, of too poor many decisions. Killing, killing the porch dick, the, the, the extents that he's had to go, yeah. the limits that he's had to break mm-hmm. in order to, to protect people, like questionable limits. Yeah. So again, you could say that maybe there is an element of potential suddenly being lost had we not known. Mm-hmm. And I am glad you said that it would have been better had I not known. Because then I would I actually be shocked. I would have been shocked. Like I said, we get lulled into this sense of security that our heroes are going to be fine. Because yeah. they usually are. And so... Well, and that some of our more flawed heroes, we, we feel like you rob them a chance of getting more brownie points, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, as a result. It's same with Carl in a way, too. He he brings the rest of the group to the new world. And maybe that's sweet on its own, but you kind of wanted... It's like Moses. You kind of wanted him to join them. I, I never agreed. And, and take on that role. I never agreed with, like, the killing off of Carl because I don't think that the payoff was... Like, we didn't get to feel it. I don't think... <laughs> in, in a way. I didn't feel the payoff in terms 
of killing him off. The death of Glenn and Abraham was the battle cry for them fighting back against the saviors. Okay, that I understand. And it's constantly revisited when they revisit the graves and Sasha and Rosita like going on their kamikaze missions and stuff like that. I mean, and it's all coming from what happened to Glenn and Abraham. Right, they're not forgotten. They're not forgotten and it's... Maga's reaction at the end It's always... Oh, that broke my heart. Brutal. 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 And it's like, and that, it's always there. It's always present. And I just didn't feel that same way with Death Carl. I'm like, I don't feel that the payoff is great. I think it would have been a greater payoff for him to have been around and to have kind of been part of this new world or new beginning that they were going into. Right. I don't know how they're going to work this out. I'm going to be very curious to see. I mean, I think that they said he's around for six episodes. So once they get up to episode six, I'm going to be like like a hawk sitting on the right. couch. Like, yeah, this is the jumping off point where it's like, okay, all right. Now we don't. We know he's safe for six for episodes, six, just like Lauren Cohen. Exactly for six episodes. What happens in episode? Like, nine? And, and we'll be watching all the way to like episode sixteen. And like, yeah, this is this is the episode. Episode sixteen. He's got to. It's like, got to be gone six here. Episodes. We've seen all fifteen. It's like, we, we, where is it happening? <laughs> we lost. Maggie in episode 13. <laughs> so, today's the day, today's Rick. Today's the day. This is when it's happening. Let me prepare myself. Oh my God. I am very dubious about how it's going to work with Daryl at the helm because you know oh, what the yeah. thing is? It's like Daryl is the right hand man and he doesn't have that same kind of presence. He's cool and he's awesome, but it's like there's some intangible quality that a leading man has in terms of presence and I can't put my finger on what it is Mm. and that's why I say it's like it's presence it's some intangible quality that when they're there they overshadow everybody else who's there they just have this sort of presence about them well they have like a weight to them they have a weight to them but but it's not like a stature thing well, no, it's like a gravity. Not, yeah, because Andrew Lincoln's not some like huge dude or anything like that. It's not like a stature thing. It's Negan has presence. Similar, yeah. And I and that's and know. I feel that he's gonna also whether they say it or not is yeah. gonna have to be a much more integral part of it. I mean, I even threw it out there to somebody. I was like, well, if if we left off last season with this sort of potential civil war to go on, you know? Right. And this is what I was going to drill down to, (laughs) is that, like, I don't even know if we can talk about Norman Reedus's gravity on the show without addressing... And this is what makes it more interesting to me, is that we see this jumping off Uh point of these three characters, like Jesus. Maggie and Daryl. And then knowing what we know now behind the scenes, Right. There's a journey there. Right. Maybe. So that's the thing. It depends. It screws up the whole process of where we're surprised how things turn. Like, it, right. there's got to be a turning around right. where Daryl turns around and says, you know, fuck you, Maggie. Or <laughs> like, what if. This is a big now I'm what against if. you sort of thing. Okay. But this is a big what if. What, oh, no. what if the whole impetus for this civil war is that Rick and Michonne decide that Negan should live, right? They, they feel right. like, you know, that is the civil thing to do. It, it's the, hum, the humane thing to do. We're not just going to live this, continue to live this barbaric lifestyle. And on Maggie, Jesus, and Daryl's part, they don't agree with that. It's like, nope, right. you, Negan should be killed. The, the, the he should not be allowed to live, blah, blah. So what if right. this civil war, that this conflict does end up happening, and all because of Rick and Michonne's decision to let Negan live, 
what if, I don't know, what if Rick dies at the hands of Daryl and Negan becomes more of a protagonist because his his ability to live is because of Rick. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I was thinking more of that as well. Mm-hmm. But what really screws my brain up is that was their emphasis on Daryl taking on a bigger role? Because mm-hmm. we haven't heard of any news that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to have the bigger role. You know what I mean? There's no... I wonder if... It, it was no mention of that. So was I was no kind of like... mention of it and I wonder if that's been on... Per- like, I don't trust these people. <laughs> right yeah. now. Well, the, the only thing, the only positive news that I see out of this is that I do enjoy the thought of now that they're, they're saying that Daryl's going to have a bigger role. I mean, they're not saying what kind of role, no. like as a bad guy mm-hmm. or good. I was because I was I automatically thought good guy for some reason, mm-hmm. because and if that's the case, there's a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a crossing of sides where at first he was against Rick and Michonne in that whole philosophy and probably most people's philosophies. Mm-hmm. There is a switching of sides. Something happens in between where maybe Maggie ends up killing Rick and then Daryl's kind of like, wait, wait, no, this isn't what was supposed to happen. And then he suddenly turns. And so if there's that sort of a, sort of an arc, I am interested. But it, so we, like it's like we can't even address the gravity issue because now there's this journey. And so I can believe that because there's a journey to getting there. There are but also if some. He's a bad guy. Wow. There are also some that say that eliminating Rick Grimes or Andrew Lincoln doesn't necessarily mean that you kill off the character. Some people speculate that you could potentially write him out in a way where, because remember, Alexandria is decimated, you know, the the war's over, Alexandria has been torched and, and decimated, the kingdom has been ransacked and whatever, like everybody's in a rebuilding kind of stage, right? Right. Right. It could be a situation where Rick feels he needs to stay wherever because he can't live with the... Using like he has some, he goes out Morgan style basically, just leaves? Yeah, that you basically like write him off in a sense where he kind of goes off on his own sort of discovery journey, whatever. And, and it leaves the possibility always there that if you do want this character to come back, like you can... I mean, Heath, too. You kind of did the same thing with Heath. Mm. Heath could pop in tomorrow, and it's totally fair game. So they could potentially do something like that, too. Write him out in a way where he steps away from all of this, but it doesn't mean that he's dead. And because Rick is a survivor, you know that he's probably going to be just fine. I can't imagine how that would work. I don't know either, but it's... Because it it doesn't change the whole idea of him not being the the closer, you know? Like, it it should open with him, it should close with him. Mm -hmm. now, again, this doesn't really bother me so much, mm-hmm. really, a little bit. But on the other hand, it kind of almost intrigues me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I had assumed that season nine might be the last season. But if you're talking about writing a, a character off the show, well, then we're coming from a position of, okay, there's going to be another season after season nine. Yeah. And I th- and the way they talk is as if they, that's that's their mindset. That, yeah. Because then why bother talking about it at exactly. all, right? Exactly. So it's like, it, to me... It sounds, they would just say it, right? Right. Because to me, it sounds like they're already sort of insinuating that there is going to be, at the very least, a season 10. So right. I, I don't know necessarily what that means for how this story is going to play out. In my mind, I see, well, obviously Daryl, because that's what they seem to confirm, is going to play a bigger role. I have to imagine Carol will too. And and Negan. Some people say that they would love to see a Daryl, Carol, Bonnie, Clyde sort of. I think that that road's been... I think that that road... That carpet's been run over a little bit too much. I think so 
<laughs> I think like the people have to let go of the Daryl Carroll yeah. sort of thing. That's not happening. I agree. It's like stop trying to make it happening happen. It's not. You don't don't force it. Don't force it. You know, <laughs> I, I always said it's like I really had been hoping in my mind that they would give the next comic book story arc that has this sort of romantic relationship. I was hoping that they would give it to Daryl before I heard any of this stuff. Right. I was right, hoping right. it would be given to him because I felt okay. That makes sense. I could see it working since Carl's not in the picture anymore. If you're going to give that storyline to anybody, I feel like that would work with him. But right. I don't know if you can. If he... well, considering a lot, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, maybe. But I, I do think that they should give more screen time to Negan. I'm not being biased here. No, you are. I, I am biased. But it also makes but sense. But it makes like, sense. Having Negan take over for Rick. If Rick is not in the picture anymore, Negan and Rick had a sort of mutual respect. That was the another, another thing that I think I, I, I was uh, looking online and there was some website that had like the six possible ways that you could write out Rick Grimes. And I think one of them said, it's like, oh, oh. Would, you have, would you have Negan kill Rick? I'm like, oh, wow. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, but I don't seems a bit overdone I think like, it'd be overdone to be like I thought that we were done with this I, <laughs> I think I think it would trigger us yeah <laughs> trigger our, PT, our PTSD yeah. uh, in a way like oh no let's not let's not v- revisit that all let's that not scene. revisit yeah, that it's not, we're done with that yeah I think that's, 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 I that's the worst so. taste in your mouth I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so but do you want to know what I think though I, it's it, it is kind of bite. <laughs> no no god Carl <laughs> um <laughs> But the only thing that I can think of that makes sense is the rejoining of, of Fear of the Walking Dead to to the Walking Dead. There has to be some, and I don't I don't really enjoy the idea of getting into details because what do you mean like, rejoining? Okay, I think there needs to be like a reunification of some kind, like the, the two both, worlds. Of the, I think of the two worlds. I mean. Listen, I have my feelings on how I want that to happen. I agree. I really just want it to happen so that if you are going to close out one series, you might as well close out the other. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, in epic, find out we have a big story arc. Do it you in know? epic fashion. I mean, this is kind of why I asked you, like, do you think that Madison... Because the of evil. the alpha theory you had because thought of the other the episode? Alpha, because of the alpha theory. Like, I was watching this episode mm. and, I, and I see these conversations between alpha... Oh my God, I'm calling her alpha already. You can, that's fine. Oh, between Madison. <laughs> okay, sorry. Between Madison and, and Strand, Strand and I see yeah. alpha and beta. Like, I, I look at that and I'm just like... This really looks like alpha and beta, like I know. Well, how about this? And, and only and to me, okay. it's like if you wanted to go out in epic fashion, then that's how you would do it. If you wanted to close out both series and you wanted to bring them together, you can have one show be the backstory of our heroes, which is typical how every mm-hmm. story has been, and then this story be the story of how how you get to become this villain, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote villain, and everything has been leading up to this moment and. The the worlds collide and then the story plays out as it plays out but yeah that to me i i like the idea i like the idea especially if if they're already thinking look we have an end game for this they talk all the time how they seem to have this end game in mind whatever the hell that is i don't know yeah well here's the here's the thing i'll tell you what i want because hearing this news now and we thought of the the alpha beta theory mm-hmm. i think it was two episodes ago mm-hmm. i think if i'm not mistaken yeah. uh, about madison and strand mm-hmm. now that we know that andrew's andrew lincoln is and, and maybe even lauren cohen is leaving right this does leave things open uh, enough for me to want and I, i'm saying i want this is I, I actually want madison and strand to be protagonists okay i would want the reverse to happen 
happen. Mm, okay. I would want the Walking Dead crew to go bad. Okay. I would rather the Walking Dead crew go bad mm-hmm. and then the fear characters be the good ones mm-hmm. based on what I'm seeing right now because I do see a positive spin. It, it does kind of go back to the whole sudden loss of potential sort of thing. Yeah, it's no, like, I hear you. I, and, and then also combining that with the quote-unquote Hillary Clinton baggage, like there's, oh, the, there's too much true. dirt on the Walking Dead. Yeah. And I would care a little bit more about Madison and Strand mm-hmm. falling from grace at this point because of because of their struggles also and then and, and less baggage to be honest. Yeah. And then I would rather them come into the show and say, Hey, what are you guys doing? sort of thing and like after all you've been through, uh, you know, and then uh, of course it's many people will rally on the good side, and then where some people go bad mm-hmm. on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would much rather see the reverse. Like I would much rather see, let's say, Madison take over for Rick. To be perfectly honest, I in some ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Madison is way she has a way more sympathetic background yes. to me. Yeah, no, yeah, I than Rick. Mm-hmm. You know, just just from the jump from her history that we know more of, mm-hmm. let's say. Whereas with Rick, I mean, all the history that we know is from the time he wakes up from the hospital right. hospital technically yes you know and a little bit of him being an officer and getting shot right. but we don't really know too much about his background no we don't you know whereas with madison we kind of get that in a bag of chips because we've seen the pre-apocalypse of madison yes. you know the guidance guidance counselor you know so there there is that we see that from strand a little bit because we see him encounter some of his past people you know yeah. the people that he's run across and stuff yeah so there's more to care about. Yeah. I would say. So what I would want is I would want them to be protagonists. I would want them, if the worlds merge, mm-hmm. I would prefer for Madison Strand, anybody who's left over, let's say. And of course, now this is pending what we end up finding out if Madison is alive or yeah. not. Yeah. And, and let's say she's gone. I would rather Alicia. And see, that's the thing now. Is, okay, now if, let's say Madison is out of the picture. This does change things for me in my mind mm-hmm. because if we're now talking about Alicia Strand and Luciana, not a fan, you know, because I, because I, I, if I see Madison going, I also maybe see Strand going or going really, really bad. But I don't want to see him go bad. It's just too obvious. Mm-hmm. It's like you've come too far yeah. to go to slide down to a certain level. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see Alicia going really dark. And it would make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. A kid losing that kind of guidance, mm-hmm. going up, going down, going back up really high, and then coming back really far down to the point where she shot Naomi. And yeah. bring it back to the episode. Mm-hmm. That, to me, makes more sense. And it's almost like a sympathetic bad guy. Mm-hmm. With Madison... I wouldn't buy it mm-hmm. as much as Alicia. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And even maybe, like, I don't know what would happen to Luciana, and that could be a good tie-in. Like, she could join up with the Walking Dead crew and then fight to try to fight Alicia, and that would be rough, but we would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Nick's sister. So, yeah. you know, her sister-in-law, technically, quote-unquote. Yeah. So. yeah. There's always people scouting Atlanta when they're filming for clues. <laughs> the drones are going to be out in force. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be like fly uh, ride of the valkyries um, which by the way was playing in this episode yes it in was the it lot. was i noticed that yeah we were like playing games with the walker so it's gonna be like that with drones basically because they already were like that during the whole negan introduction when they wanted to figure out like who was getting killed and i mean they they were ravenous Annoying. so <laughs> with this oh forget it they're, they're gonna be all over atlanta for any sort of signs of how potentially this is going down. Oh, man. You know what? I already know too much. I know. That's the thing. We already know too much. We already know that 
okay for sure these two characters are leaving so how is this going to happen right and then with every clue that we're gonna get via like instagram caps or something it's Mm kind of like my perceptions are already colored in a way Mm -hmm. i'm already interested in knowing how they get from point a to point z Mm -hmm. so to get k and then n and then q along the way it's kind of like now we're establishing a vector and i really don't want that i kind of just want to be able to enjoy at least the ride because if they do have a grand plan Mm -hmm. i want to give them a chance to at least execute it it makes me think of when beth was still alive and they had that Mm. beth daryl episode that they were yeah i was thinking of that when we were talking about it earlier and beth tells him you know you're gonna be the last man standing and I wonder now, I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, I wonder if Daryl is going to be the last man standing. Like, he is going to be. Be the Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> this bitch. Pretty much. Game of Thrones, this bitch. And it's going to be Daryl. <sighs> but, you know, but Lori also said Carl yeah, Lori, would uh, beat this world. Yeah, well, but Lori's a bitch. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lori doesn't have any room to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and in truth... Well, she was on her deathbed, but yeah. <laughs> that whole thing was very deceiving, too, because when they had all the clips for Carl's death, the, the way they made it seem is that he was saying that to, to Rick about, like, Mom thought I was going to beat this world. I'm not, but you will. And he was actually saying that to Judith. Well, but in the process of Rick overhearing it, blah, 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 and that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's so the, maybe it's Daryl and Judith. They're, they're the yeah. last people standing. <laughs> right, right. It's... uh. John Connor. Little ass kicker, as he lovingly yeah. called her. Maybe. You know, that would be kind of sweet. It would be fitting. In a weird way. But then, like, you know, what happens to everybody else, right? Mm. Ugh. <laughs> We're like, mm. Like, uh, Michelle, no, we kind of like her. I know. <laughs> At least. I know. It's... And, and Jerry. And Jerry. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> what give, happens to give, Jerry? Give more screen time. Give Jerry more screen time. Here's another thing that I was kind of thinking of is that part of the criticism with these kinds of shows is that, you know, the more you expand the cast of characters, the less you are focusing on them. And so... That is... That is very true. Something's really going to have to happen, I think, maybe on the onset, first couple episodes or something like to thin the herd. It would be horrible, but still. No, no, no. I was talking to my friend about this. and She listened to the show, because seriously. I know, right? <laughs> you know what the pro- Should I like shout her out and say, you, listen, bitch, you know what the prob- better be listening. You know what the problem is? And I will tell you that this is the case with other podcasters, because I've heard them have similar complaints, that they have friends that they talk to, and they tell them, like, do you even listen <laughs> Everything to the show? Say. No, do you even listen to the show? And they're like, no why would i do that i can just call you and talk to you <laughs> and that is and that uh, is because of me hello and that is literally i'm like awesome i know but that's i'm just telling you the mindset just saying. all right so listen this is what you're gonna do you're gonna tell her this listen dave says listen bitch you better listen to the show because yeah. i'm fucking funny yeah he's hilarious and, uh, and i really and, and just for the fact that i make i torture you <laughs> you should just tell her he really does torture that, me on the show and, something and you that have to should be to. enough for her right it should be in yeah. theory yeah no but what i was going to that's gonna be the headline for the show by the, the way headline. it's like dave tortures carol let's do this oh my god <laughs> <laughs> emotionally so we were talking about this because whether this would have happened with rick or not regardless i think that there was going to have to be a bit of trimming of the fat because the cast is huge right now and you can't really get into this in-depth plots because you're so giving a line here giving a line there giving a line here it just it's not allowing you to really hone in and focus and the reality Mm -hmm. is with the new impending threat that would be coming in (laughs) No, no, oh, not, right, not Rick, right. but the threat that like, the whispers, yeah, right. that are supposed to come in. The introduction of Alpha, I, I tell people all the time, is basically the Walking Dead's red wedding. 
Ooh. It's a very shocking moment where like 12 main characters are killed off. Holy schmackeries. Like you said, it thins it thins things out for sure. Jerry? And so, <laughs> I mean, they have more than enough people right now that you could kill off 12 yeah. people. And it would be like, whoa, pretty damn shocking. But it is that moment that's in the comic, which is why a lot of people are like, when are you introducing these people? And the, they're waiting for that moment. Right. And so that's an opportunity where easily they could do that. I mean, I thought to myself, I'm like, would would Rick be included in that 12 in those people? Hmm. I'm like, but it would. Yeah, I feel like he would have to have his own moment if you're going to do that, and not just him be one of. Right, because you would want to. You would want to string that along as long as possible. Right, I think. Right, exactly, exactly. So I, I don't know necessarily. Like, I mean, there's plenty of ways they could do it, but. I think the thinning of the herd will definitely happen. And I think that if they are going to introduce this new group, then they're going to, then that scene is going to have to happen. It's going to have to be a red wedding scene. It's going to have to happen because that's basically what people are waiting for. Yeah. It's not cool. It's (laughs) it's not not cool. cool. Exactly like the red wedding. It was the killing off of a lot of hope. A lot of hope. Let's just put exactly. That. That's exactly it. That, that, that's, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, and that's kind of like why I, I don't enjoy the idea of Madison being being alpha. Also, mm-hmm. or the, her even being the responsible idea. for that. It just it just rubs me really really the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. Alicia, I could see. Mm-hmm. I could see maybe a path there. Mm-hmm. Being so angry and just at the world. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's entirely possible. It'll be very interesting how they take it. And for all we know, it could be somebody completely new. It might have yeah. nothing to do with fear. It, it could be a brand new person who takes on that role. But I don't know, will Rick be alive when that happens? Will he have already been, been gone when that happens? You know, we'll see. Yeah. And you know, you never know what's going to happen between now and, and the next time we record. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like, and so... And I think that's kind of where I think we need to leave off is we should do the sneak peek now because mm-hmm. it, because just to close out yeah. this idea of The Walking Dead Season 9, it's kind of like we, we have other episodes. We, we're prob- we may or may not hear more news and we're going to probably keep chipping away at theories yeah. maybe based on maybe even what's happening on Fear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like this conversation is not over. No. Let's put it that this way. And, and it's, which is kind of fun. This, no, but. I mean, honestly, this is basically, it's not as scientific as it was when Negan killed off two people and we were left <laughs> hanging like who it was and people were coming up with angles, camera angles, the, the trees, like... <laughs> No, and this is a lot more fun, this too, more because fun. I, I like dealing with possibilities, not eventualities. Right. Oh, finding out who died is one pinpoint kind of right. idea it's to try finding, to figure out. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it, there's an endpoint. Two right. people are dying. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and then you don't know what's going to happen after that. But right. here, you kind of actually have an idea of what's going to happen mm-hmm. and not even necessarily who's going to bite it and what scenario. Like We don't have that pinpointed scene where these two characters are pinned down, let's say. So mm-hmm. to weave our own maybe tale of what <laughs> what's possible is, mm-hmm. is very interesting. And it's evolving as news comes out as maybe trying to transpose Fear the Walking Dead, mm-hmm. I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy I think it. Only th- I think the only thing we need to be careful about is black hole conversations where it's like, <laughs> we can only say so much. And I think I naturally, I try not to go too far. When I have a good concrete idea to have fun with, mm-hmm. I'll throw it out there. But then beyond that, it's kind of like, okay, well, I, I want to see what the vision is. <laughs> like, I want to see where they're going to go with yeah. this. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's all I really had. Uh, so let's, uh, yeah, maybe next week I'll th- we'll think of something else. It's going to be very organic. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, 
we'll figure it out as it goes We've been on. pretty good. We I have think. been. We've been good. And yeah. I feel like, you know, there's going to be a lot of information coming out over the summer and as the months go on and we'll, we'll be piecing things together, keeping yeah. keeping our eyes open. Yeah, and yeah. And- and more more than that, our we're gonna keep our ideas open, our minds yeah. open, because I think that's more important than anything. More else. important than anything else, you know. And 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 something to bear in mind also is remember, come July, I want to say, is uh, the San Diego Comic Con where they always release mm. their full length trailer for the upcoming mm. season. Consistently. Oh, we're gonna have to keep our eyes open there too. Consistently, <laughs> always they always do every July. And so we're gonna have to de- dedicate an episode just breaking breaking that down, down the trailer. <laughs> Yes. You know, we. by the way, you, you remember Matt, right? Mm-hmm. He actually came up with a really good idea that we should probably try to represent. Maybe from now we have to probably sign up oh. for the San Diego Comic-Con or something, get a booth. I don't know. What an, what an interesting idea. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I, I've never thought that this would be the direction we'd go. I don't know how intrigued I am by that. I would like the idea of maybe some sort of representation. Yeah. like Not like a booth, but maybe like hmm. like a badge or yeah, like a walking around. Something to look into. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so in that respect, like we can get some press passes, let's say, because we are kind of media. I so know. it's kind of like, I used to do that with, with my old radio show. Oh, but, um, look at you. But yeah, we can get into San Diego Comic Con. We can watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. We can pick it apart. We can record it, but we won't play it. I know, you know. Exactly. Not for rebroadcast, but just for notes. Just for notes purposes and reference. Yeah, and then we could break down each bit of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then t- we can take our cumulative theories and Run with it. transpose it onto this. Yeah. And yeah, that would be that would be, fun, be cool. a fun thing to do during break. Yeah, I mean that's that's meaty right there. That, that has a mm-hmm. lot of substance. Mm, writing it down. <laughs> writing it down. <laughs> I think we can leave off on one thing, and that's the two concepts. One is where the sneak peeks are leading us into is this huge, humongous firefight. Mm-hmm. Right after John gets shot, it seems as though there's this big, yeah, crazy ass firefight between just these three people and and the all of the the entirety of the vultures. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a stormtrooper situation. I Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and Alicia's got this super gun. And, I know, uh, right? What kind of gu- <laughs> right? It's like some like, space age kind of thing. I was looking at that, and I was like, "What in the world?" There's military grade, and then there's space uh, exactly, soldier. exactly, and that's what it looked like: stormtrooper, space soldier. Yes, yeah, it's like you took Dolph Lundgren's gun <laughs> and, and put it in this little girl's hands or something. Yeah, that's part yeah. of it too. Scale wise, it's just sort of like. <laughs> uh. Yeah, very cartoony. Very cartoony. But, uh... But yeah, so you you see this firefight, and the, and the other concept is uh, we one of the bigger sneak peeks. The other stuff is not mm, whatever. I, I did mention before the Mel was chained to a headboard, blah blah blah, and he Naomi's there, and he gets out, and there's like this scene where he's threatening her with a knife. Mm. But the bigger reveal, it seems, and this was a crazy insight because often on Talking Dead you get not a crap sneak peek; mm-hmm. it's an extended sneak peek, right. but it's really not much. Yeah, yeah. But every now and again, maybe twice max. <laughs> a season of any kind you will get like a really good meaty like wow I can't believe they revealed this scene Mm -hmm. and this was definitely one of them Mm -hmm. so it starts off with Alicia towering over Naomi Mm -hmm. and she goes we gave you a home and you took it and then Naomi smacks her with like a fire hydrant of some kind oh yeah and she gets away to John Mm -hmm. she just sweeps over to Luciana she bumps into Charlie she has the shotgun pointing at Charlie and she's Charlie says sorry Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends off, and so it makes you think, "Oh my God, what's Yeah, <laughs> I don't think she's going to shoot no, Lucy. Uh, so. uh, Charlie, Charlie. I don't think so. and and do you know why? Is because we see in another 
scene that Morgan has taken her to either Althea's van or a bus of some kind. Mm. And he is driving her to a location. He's basically saying, uh, you know, Charlie asks Morgan why he saved her. And Morgan says, because this has to stop someplace. Mm. And so I, I, I kind of like that idea. Because maybe saving Charlie will somehow bring back some of those feelings of we have to, you know, we were trying to save her originally and maybe she didn't know any better. And, and it's very telling that Morgan is doing this yeah. because Morgan did the same thing for Henry in a way and kind of failed a little bit but maybe this is his chance to kind of do it right Right. like I get it I get it now Mm -hmm. you're a kid you know, you're young. You're gonna make mistakes. Yeah, you don't it's need to be, stick with you. You don't need to be a part of this. Yeah, and maybe maybe pull a little bit, a little bit of a Carol in, in a sense where where Carol, what she was trying to do with with Henry was trying to shield him from the world. When maybe she should have trusted him enough to kind of at least give him a little bit of rope. Yeah, and and you know watches back, but at least let him try to be this kind of kid in the apocalypse. Like let him flex his muscles a little bit because you can't. You can only do so much. Yeah. Do you think Morgan will revert, or do you think this the trend of Morgan? being healed by every little bit of confrontation do you think that will continue i think that it'll continue i don't think i want to say that too i think it'll continue i see morgan as a sort of moral compass here where these sides are filled with hurt anguish fighting and you got to remember like morgan doesn't have any sort of emotional attachment to anything that's going on here you've got mel upset because of yeah, I mean, he's basically a subjective third-party outsider to all of this. You know, you have John right. Dory that obviously is emotionally invested with Naomi. The old crew that obviously has emotions invested in whatever the hell was that happened with Madison and the stadium. Right. And Mel and his crew that's upset about Ennis and maybe some other stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So everybody's kind of on edge and they're emotionally on edge like very emotionally invested whereas he's not or he has the chance to not be he has a chance not to be because he's not i mean he's not emotionally invested in any of these people at all well how about john dory and that's that's, this is kind of an important question john dory this relationship i i i I love the relationship between morgan and john dory because it's 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 almost like one of those i feel like there was a song that was like that it's like you you made me love you even though i didn't want to or you know something like that Morgan didn't want to be friends with John. He didn't want to be friendships. He wanted to be left alone. And despite all of his protesting, he, for all intents and purposes, is friends with John and cares about this man. (laughs) I'll say it over and over again. John Dory should have been the person that Morgan found. Like a well-meaning, well-intentioned, yeah. not damaged, right, right, and continued to stick with kind of person. Mm-hmm. John giving him the guns is—it's kind of a signal to Morgan that John would not try to drag Morgan down mm-hmm. to the, to his level. Yeah, the way Rick did at the freaking the way bar. Rick just encouraged it. Yeah, yeah, like knowing full well that he's seen him at his worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then just said, "Hey, you got to fight for this anyway. Hey, you got to pick up a gun, you son of a bitch." Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? This is not healthy. Yeah. He he can handle it. I'm like, no, he can't. No, he can't. No. You son of a bitch. And it's been that way since freaking season five or whenever it was (laughs) when Morgan showed up again after being away and they bring him to Alexandria and his first thing is to see Rick killing Porchdick. Oh, yeah, that's where he comes in. Yeah, that's where Porchdick, yeah. yeah that's where he was at the end of the season the two, end. end of season four? Might have been mid-season five. or end of the season. Maybe it was end of season. No, it was the end of the season. It was end of yeah. season five, I want to say. Yes, that makes sense. And then Morgan is the top of season six. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he came in to see like that. That's where he comes yeah. in. Yeah, the guy he saved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> 
<laughs> but again, it goes back to John Dory. It's I, like, I, and I love John Dory. He sees the promise in John Dory. He sees, he sees the, the, the desire to not become a monster. He sees the sincerity in John Dory. There's a sincerity there. His intentions are pure. Yeah. He loves this woman. He wants to be with her and he wants to get to her. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And the desire not to fall into these trappings. Mm-hmm. This is uncanny. Yeah. And he needs that. He needs. There's kind of an interesting saving grace that Nick was able to exit the show or, or you know what I mean? Like he was able to die mm-hmm. in a sense. And that's the potential harmful relationship of getting involved with Nick. The, the opportunity opens it up to where Morgan doesn't have to deal with the pitfalls of having to deal with that kind of toxic behavior or getting dragged down into mm-hmm. it. Now he can just really focus, be reminded of the lost potential in Nick, be sad about it. The opportunity to really change him and, and, and have him come around to the side of Pete, which he was doing. Not successful with Alicia, but working with John, this you know, well-intentioned man. Yeah this guy who's actively trying to be a peacemaker mm-hmm. knowing full well right from wrong you know confronting him about it and then having john fess up fess up about it at the end of laura the, that episode yeah. is just refreshing for him for us and he needs that in his life so it's now with john's life being threatened the way it is right now it's again i'm not saying morgan's gonna turn or we're gonna hit some trouble spots with him or anything like that i still maintain that he's gonna be but you know what there is a potential so there's a potential for him to kind of go wrong. There is always the potential. Yeah. And therein lies our predicament. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see this next episode. I mean, we're really... And this is the episode before the mid-season finale, right? I think so. So and I don't even know how long that break's going to be. If at all? Or maybe? I'm not sure. God, it makes me wonder when we're going to hit that wall where... How long of a break are we going to have from Fear the Walking Dead to Walking Dead? Hmm. <sighs> Wow. Hey, it's going to be a good year for us. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of substance there. Holla back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I guess with that, I mean, if that's all right, you got your bug out bag. Yeah, bug out bag. <laughs> you ready to go? Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Just, in- Just survive somehow. Just survive somehow. Just in case. But it's not enough. There's got to be something. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, everybody. We'll catch you soon. Enjoy seeing Fear the Walking Dead episode seven. Yes. I think it is. I think yes. so. And I guess we'll see you then, right? Yep. See you then. Take care, y'all. <laughs>